join Rabbit and Red Radio Network on Patreon for exclusive shows, content, swag, and more. For the low price of $2 per month, you can join the family. So check us out at patreon.com slash network one That's patreon.com slash network the number one. Slightly different, a couple of different scenes added to our intro, right? Yeah, I think. I'm not sure. It's so Poe makes them so long. Sometimes I don't, uh, I don't right. notice things until later. Right. So, but I think there was some new stuff in there, but I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure my introduction, the anime girl getting like dropping her towel or whatever, that was new, which I like that. Yeah. If it wasn't YouTube, we could have actually seen something. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, hentai porn, like, hentai is the best porn, it, you know. If it doesn't have tentacles, it's not worth whacking to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome everyone to an all-new episode of Crossing the Streams. I am Crippled Cody. And I'm old and boring. You, your na- you just came up with the name Paul the Terrifier. How fucking original. It's not. I'm just channeling uh I'm channeling uh Poe tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um as you all may have realized by the title of tonight's episode and Paul's nickname, we are going to be discussing the Terrifier franchise tonight. We're going to be discussing some other things first before we get into Terrifier though. Um how the hell have you been lately, Paul? I've been doing good. I've been doing real good. I uh had a lot of time on my hands. But because of the economy, I went and got me a side gig uh, transporting um, special needs adults from their daytime jobs back to their homes. So I do that just two hours a day, three days a week, just doing my part to help out help out people. And uh, so I, I've been doing that. So everything's been going good for me. They say special needs adults, uh, handicapped people. Um. Well, when I started the job and I was being trained, I said, you know, you know, sometimes does it get difficult, you know, transporting handicapped people? And the person who trained me was like, you mean handy? uh, Was it uh, handy capable or something? Capable. Yeah. Yeah, She wanted me to use the other word. So I just, you know, but they're they're handicapped. Some of them are high functioning, uh, have are very high functioning autistics and some of them are Down syndrome. So it depends but they all, you know, work during the day and, you know, I commend them for wanting to be productive because I'm a lazy ass. So I try not to be productive at all. So it's good to see that they're not just back when I was growing up. You didn't see that. Um, unfortunately, you know, in the 70s, if something was wrong with you, you were most likely put in a home. So it's good to see that they're actually, you know, people care enough to 
give them something to do. You know, even if they're just putting screws in bags that go into, you know, your Walmart bookcase that you build, somebody's got to do the job and I commend them for it. And I'm just, you know, taking them home, doing my part. Now, what do you think your trainer would have said if you would have asked them, uh, if, if you would have asked her if, if they were just all fucking retarded? Probably would have got uh, let go already because oh, okay. you're, you're not supposed to use that word. But I'm old, so maybe I could have got away with it, but I doubt it. Not In this day and age, you can't get away with shit no more. I was just going to say, if she got butt hurt over the word handicapped, she's probably more than likely going to get butt hurt big time over the word retard. Oh yeah, I wouldn't do that. But I, I, I don't. I, I'm not going to use names or anything. But I felt bad on um, one of the days I was taking somebody home, and he was in the back seat, and he was singing a song to himself. But I could hear him, and he was calling himself a retard. And I'm like, okay, somebody in his life calls him that for him to sing that, and I felt really bad for him. I'm like, dude, that's not right. Yeah. You know, I, I crack jokes with people and I say this and that about all kinds of different things. But at the end of the day, I still have a fucking heart. I'm like, whoever's in his life saying that should fucking stop. Yeah. He was literally calling himself that to a beat. And it was like sad. Well, was it at least a catchy beat? I mean, I could have danced to it. And it was going along with the music that was playing on my on my phone. So, I mean, he was, oh. he's, got a, he's got a future in music. He just needs to change yeah. the lyrics up a little bit. Hey, look, speaking of retards, producer Mike's in well, here. No, I was I was I was just gonna say if 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 I was in his life, I might, you know, refer to him as that. So I could get him to, you know, rap to the beat of the, the, the tardler. You know, speaking of retards, our producer Mike, let's let's get into this because this is what everyone really has on their mind at the moment. My, my, you know. I usually have the gimmick of being the heel, and I usually have the gimmick of pissing people off. But our favorite retard producer, Mike, he has just been pissing everyone off lately, hasn't he? Yes, he has. I've never seen him be so evil and mean since I've known him. I mean, this and is retarded. Like, he's he. I don't know what happened to him. He's not either getting enough coffee or he's getting too much coffee. Or, you know, I don't know. He's He needs to, someone needs to steal his sticks. Maybe beat him I, with them. I think he's just miserable in life. He's probably suicidal. He, he, he was ready for his mom to finally die, but that's probably not going to happen for another 10 more years. He, have I mentioned that he's miserable? He's probably sexually I, uh, frustrated. I, I, I pray for it every day. It just hasn't happened. Yet. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, I, I get on Mike all the time about watching movies. I all, Whenever me and you are about to do an episode on some movies, I always tell him, watch it so you can talk with us about it. You know, I wanted him to watch a Terrifier movie. But when it comes to movies, unless it has Donald freaking Pleasant in it, he just doesn't want to take the time to watch it. He Wait, wait. You said Donald freaking Pleasant. Don't censor yourself. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right, retard. I, I meant to say Donald <laughs> fucking Pleasance. But, you know, that's the thing. Unless it's Halloween, something with Donald Pleasant, uh, anything like that, he just doesn't... Uh, I, I'm Michael J, and I don't have the time to watch. I'm, I'm too busy wiping my mama's ass. You know, that type of shit. But when it comes to fucking fan films... 
he he he's he he makes time to watch those just so he can tear them apart, just so he can uh, call the directors a hack and all that other bullshit. And you know he makes these fuck. Wait, wait. Okay, I want <laughs> I want to tell you this. Okay, I don't like to watch fan films either, really, especially over bloated ones like the Sawyer Massacre. But I'm gonna tell you why I watched it. Okay, because I saw the trailer. And I hated the trailer. I thought the trailer looked absolutely abysmal. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm going to watch this thing because I want to prove to myself that it's going to be as bad as I think it's going to be. That's why I watched it. Okay. So you know. I know that now. Shut the fuck up. This is my and, show. And it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was a piece of shit. <clears throat> well, I mean, if you're going into something wanting to hate it, you're going to hate it, right? Poe doesn't want me to mention it anymore, but fuck it, I'm going to mention it anyway. It's a piece of shit. Sawyer Massacre sucks, don't. Why does Aaron not want you to... He wants all the drama to die down or something? Is that what's going on? I guess, but I'm, I I don't care. It's a, it's a horrible film. Don't waste 93 minutes of your life like I did, because you'll never get it back. Okay. I don't know. I, I just... I, I see it from both sides, because there was a post the other day that he made about it. And I agreed with him. If you're going to spend and raise a ton of money, don't just show Hollywood. You know how to make a film, make the, an original film. That way they say, okay, this guy can direct and he can write. But then John Rhodes had to come along with something else that made sense where he said, you know, if he wrote an original story, he might've got like three views, but he had, so he went with a, you know, a, a fan film. So people would watch it. So they were both making sense. So I can't, I have to fence sit on this fucking issue because they're both kind of right. Make something original, but yet if it's a, a fan film, that's the only way you're going to get seen. So I, I, I can't side. I have to fence it. Okay. I, I, I have to come in here and say, if you have to fence it because you think John Rhodes is making fucking sense, Paul, Paul, you, you got to realize he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay. He hates fucking Halloween ends. He knows not what he says or does or anything. He he lives in the fucking boondocks with no internet or nothing else. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's Wait, John Rhodes. Does he, All he knows is Rose on the Rocks, where he fucking wrecks his voice every fucking other week. Jesus Christ. I can't remember. Does John also dislike Season of the Witch, or does he actually like that movie? No, he thinks Season of the Witch is the worst fucking movie ever. He's a fucking traitor. He does. He knows not what he speaks of. All right. You should not listen I, to him. Don't fence it with him, Paul. I'm right. <laughs> he's wrong. Learn that. Now now that I've been reminded that John Rhodes thinks that Season of the Witch is a terrible movie, I officially declare John Rhodes as a fucking faggot. So there we go. But anyway, <laughs> I mean that in a joking sense. I don't, I'm not attacking the alphabet people or anything. Jesus. No, you're not attacking the alphabet people. You're attacking John Rhodes, which is where your attack belongs. Yeah. Good on you, Cripple Cody. Good on you. Thank you. Thank you. Get the fuck out of here. But anyway, yeah, um, Mike's been uh, getting some heat lately, and I, I've been uh, enjoying that. Uh, Cody uh, Robinson made a comment the other day. I can't quote it word for word, but it made me laugh. I think he uh, he responded back to the director of the Sawyer Massacre, and he said something like, 
Well, you know, I um, I didn't like the movie. I didn't like the door effects. Didn't like the acting. Didn't like the audio. Didn't like anything about. But kudos to you for making a movie. It was he said something like that or something. It's like my God, like your compliment skills are about as good as my walking skills. But he did it on purpose. He was intentionally being a dick, right? Like I would say I mean, so. I won't ridic. I can't. I won't ridicule most people for movies they make because. For one, I can't fucking do it. So I can't really criticize someone who doesn't, who, I can't criticize someone doing something I have no knowledge of. Um, if it was making pornos, then I'd ridicule all day long. But regular movies for the masses, I can't, I don't do it. So I don't, I don't ridicule anybody. Um, if I don't like the movie, I'll just say I don't like it, but I'm not going to sit there and nitpick every little thing. I'm not Cisco and Eber. And like I've said before, I don't understand what makes, and I think Poe brought this up. I don't know what makes a professional. I mean, do you go to college and someone teaches you, okay, this is a good movie, this is a bad movie? It's all objectionable, or whatever the fucking word is I should be using. Um, it's it. Everybody has their own taste. That's why I never listen to critics for movies, it's, music, it's nothing. All, I go it's, for, for my, do it for myself. It's all subjective. That's what you meant. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. So. You said that you wouldn't ridicule pornos. Did you just admit that you make pornos? I plead the fifth. <laughs> okay. All right. We've talked enough about this bullshit <laughs> subject. I guess hear more on all of this on upcoming shows of Rabbit Red. I'm sure nobody's over it yet, so we'll probably hear more about all that shit. Anyway, uh, Paul, my good buddy, we uh, we were planning on originally doing a, an October episode of Crossing yes. the Streams because we assumed that Terrifier 2 would be out on Screenbox by then. but And I, I really do think of originally, they were originally planning on putting it on Screenbox probably mid-October or maybe at the very least the last week of October. But then the movie just fucking blew up. Like, I, I, I could honestly say, like, I'm proud to be alive during this time period as a horror fan to watch a movie like this I saw um, maybe Dread Central or was it Bloody Disgusting or somewhere uh, somebody called it the little horror movie that could. And that's a perfect description. Yeah, I think it finally, at the end of the day, it made like $10 million, I think. I thought I'd seen eight, but yeah, it made a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad. But my only fear here is that Hollywood gets their claws into this man and we get a third one and it's a piece of shit. Because well, Hollywood tells him what to do, and he needs to keep this thing to himself. Don't sell it. Don't do none of that shit. Don't pull a George Lucas. Just make your own damn movie. Well, according to is it? How do you pronounce his name? Damien Leone. I, I think. I think. I think it's Leone. Yeah. Leone or Leo, something like that. Um, I've been. Uh, it's Leone. 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 Okay. Damien Leone. Okay. okay. So, um. I ever since I watched the second one, I got to go to the theaters. I the, luckily for me, there's a theater not even ten miles away from where I live, and I got a friend to take me on Hollow's Eve actually, uh, and go see it. Um, there was a young couple that did walk out after the dream sequence, and I'm thinking like, man, the movie hasn't even gotten started for you guys yet, and you're you're already leaving. But um, it was a young couple. I think the girl didn't know what the fuck she was getting herself into, and she probably 
looked over her boyfriend and was like, if you want some fucking pussy tonight, I expect you to take me the fuck out of here. That's and whoop, he was gone. <laughs> yep, he was gone. And like, I'd rather get some pussy tonight, bitch. <laughs> so fuck that. I would have rather seen the movie, but go ahead. I feel like I would have picked the movie as well, but that made us probably half more than half the reason why I'm single still to this day. So I don't know. But um man, uh, oh my point was ever since I watched the movie, I I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos with interviews with the cast and crew and the director and all that. And I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I did watch one where they're in the UK. They're at a convention in the UK, and someone did ask Damien if he would allow the Terrifier movies to go to a big studio or, or if he would ever work with, you know, an actual Hollywood studio. And this was his answer because it was a very significant question, a very significant answer. He seems like such an honest person. Uh, he said that as far as the Terrifier movies go, he will never sell out the Terrifier franchise. Okay, thank God. To, thank God. Yeah, he said that he is finishing his Terrifier saga independently. And he okay, also said... Good. He also said, I don't know if this is common knowledge by this point or not, but he also said that he's planning either one or two more movies. He said that he will not make a bunch. He said, he, you know, he said that he loves the classic franchises like Halloween for a Friday the 13th. You know, he loves how many sequels there are, but he said there will not be more than three or maybe four Terrifier movies. He made it, he alluded to, he wanted to wrap it up with this third one, but he said that, his idea is so big that he's either going to have to make another two and a half, three hour third movie or a regular sized hour and a half, three and four. So we're either getting one more or getting, you know, one more big one or we're getting two movies. I think the route that they're going to go is I think we're going to get two more movies. I think we're going to get four Terrifier movies in all. And um, I actually think that they should uh, like subtitle the last one and kind of like do a parody of the Friday the 13th franchise. And you know how the fourth one's called the final chapter, maybe call this one terrifier Four: arts, final rodeo or something like that. Yeah. I would, I really want to see uh, an origin story. Cause there's a lot of this art character, which we'll get into that makes me want to know what the fuck is going on here. Yes, Mike. You know. I, I think I know what they should call the final terrifier. Ready for this what? one. Terrifier ends. Mike, don't enter into my show anymore tonight. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um so yeah, I I'm I kind I like that. No more than 4, 3 or 4. Just just we don't need cuz he 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 said he's like I don't want the well to run dry. I, there's only so many times you can get art to do his antics and kills and and there's only so much you can up the ante on the gore and the extreme brutal violence. Like, you know, he said, he's like, I don't want these to run dry. So he made right. it clear he only wants to do one or maybe two more. So that's what I heard. And I feel he's being honest. But then he also said, he said, well, as far as working with big studios, and he gave an example. He said, he's like, look at Peter Jackson. He started off with movies like Dead Alive or Brain Dead, depending on where you're from. And uh, he did a couple other. What else did he do? Did he movie, do, do a movie called Bad Taste or something? Yeah, I do believe. Yeah, Bad Taste. That was the one yeah. where the aliens came. Yeah. Yeah. So he did. He started out in horror. I think some of that was 
like independent or very low budget. And then he worked his way up to the big studios. So he said, he's like, you know, I will, he said that he was planning on like keeping Terrifier independent, but using it as a launching pad to eventually get more notice. And he, he admitted, he's like, yeah, I would work with, within the system. He, he said, yeah, I'll work with a big budget studio and uh, adhere to an R rating. Or he said, I'll even do a PG 13 movie. He's like, you know, I said, I will do, what I have to do to be a, a director to be, you know, make a lot of money and tell more stories and get it out to more people. So he admitted like, and I think that was a good, honest answer. Yeah. I'm fine with him doing work. I just want him to leave art and the terrifier uh, universe that he's built to created staying independent. I mean, if he yeah. wants to go make big blockbusters, that's fine. Like as you said, Peter Jackson, I like when he did, I think his first major studio film was the frighteners. The one with Michael J. Fox where he was so. a, a ghost hunter. He was trying to scam people into thinking he could get rid of their ghosts, and then it turned out to be real ghosts or whatever was going on. I own the movie. I haven't seen it in years, but that was a good movie. And then, of course, he did the others, and then King Kong and the Rings, and you know now he's like you know a legend. But I yeah. don't. But I don't. So I don't have a problem with him doing that, and and, and more power to him. I don't have I don't have a problem with people working with Hollywood. I just don't want to see them sell out what got them there to Hollywood because Hollywood will ruin. Yeah. Um, you accidentally said that he did the ring. He, you mean Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that terrifier is going to stay the way it is now as the movies go, they're going to get more. What the fuck? And he admitted that too. He said, you think that part two was what the fuck movie? He said, we're going to take it even further. And the next installment, um, and I'm fine with that. Um, but we are going to actually rewind a little bit and, uh, go back and talk about the first one. We might as well get right into it since we naturally started talking about the franchise. Then we got plenty of other things to talk about after the terrifying. What the fuck are you drinking? Uh, Orangina. Oh, is that alcohol? uh, No, it's a French soda. It's uh, a sparkling water with orange in it. And it's got orange pulp. Yeah, it's pretty good. Wait a minute, like or- Orange Gina, is that just a, in the area that you live in, or? No, um, my my daughter gets it at a local grocery store, but they only have these little ones, so I had to order us a big case of them from Amazon, so we got bigger bottles. But no, it's uh, it's from it's it's French, but I don't know who bottles them here. What's um, what, does it have the calories on it? Yeah, it's a hundred calories for this bottle. Okay, go well, <laughs> A little backstage of my actual life. I am actually attempting, keyword attempting, to um, wean myself off of the Mountain Dew a little bit. Because Mountain Dew is terrible for your health. Uh, it really is. I only drink two miniature cans a day. I drink one, you know, around 5, 6 o'clock p.m. And then I drink another one, 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. So that's my whole day. But uh, And they're about 110 calories per can. But that's not the point. The point is, is like what it does to your body. And, and it's right. like, uh, I, like, I need to try and find a substitute. I'm a, I'm first going to take the baby step of uh, switching to maybe Sunkist. Because uh, I do like Orange Pop as well. And I was thinking about, you know, taking that as a baby step. And I also think that Sunkist has slightly less uh, caffeine in it than Mountain Dew does. So maybe that can help me not be so addicted to drinking another one, you know what I mean? Baby steps. That, right. That's what I got to do. But, I mean, uh, that's why I asked about that. 
Yeah. I also drink, I like Snapple Apple. But this is the fuck, this is why I don't believe sometimes the nutrition facts. Okay, this is a serving size. This is uh, eight ounces. But it says it's two servings. And it's 100 per serving or 250 calories per bottle. It's like, wait, your math is wrong. Mm-hmm. But but I Mountain Dew does that too. It's like their Diet Mountain Dew says it has zero calories. But if you look at the side of it, it does say it's like got one calorie for the whole bottle or something. I don't remember. It's really wonky. It's like, how is zero calories going to have? No, it was sugar. It's like, how is it going to have? So I don't know. I try to, I'm like you, I'm trying to not drink so many sodas, but I just replaced the soda with something like the Snapple. That shit's sweet. There's 20, it's 24 grams of sugar in that. Probably the same as a Mountain Dew. So yeah, it's almost about the same. Uh, if there is one thing I am addicted to in life and my body is dependent on, it is goddamn soda, particularly Mountain Dew. But like I said, I do really like Sunkist. So I, I'm like I said, I'm gonna try to switch it over and see if I can just get myself <clears throat> into the groove of just drinking Sunkist. Uh that's slightly less calories. Uh and like I said, I, I think slightly less caffeine, and it doesn't fuck up your system as much as Mountain Dew. Have does. you have you tried anything like a Sprite or a seven up? I don't like soda feel. Oh, okay. I yeah. See, I'm real anal about my the taste, and and because everyone just jumps to the conclusion of we'll start drinking water, you know. And I can't. I hate. Oh god, I can't stand the taste of water. The only time I'll drink water is when I go out to a restaurant and I don't want to buy a fucking drink. So if you go to if I go to a restaurant and I don't buy a drink, plus obviously I'm not tipping the bitch server, then I'm saving like ten bucks right there by not buying a drink and not tipping. So. That's, yeah, I always hate I always hate when people do that. Oh, drink water or don't eat this or don't eat that. It's like, you know, after you've done something for over a, a decade or two, it's not so easy just uh oh okay, you know. It's like people commend you when you quit smoking. Like I haven't smoked in like four years. People commend you when you don't smoke when you quit smoking or you quit doing drugs or you quit drinking. But yet, you know, you don't you, you take two years to quit drinking soda and everybody, well, what was so hard about it? It's just soda. It's like the fuck man you don't get it yeah uh, i mean we just your body becomes dependent on soda in a similar way to how someone can get addicted to drugs or alcohol or whatever it's it is i because i crave it i crave mountain dew i'm not afraid to admit that but um you know if i could lay off of it i could lose a few pounds and i could be skinnier and i could be as skinny as our boy art the clown my god have you seen that the actor david howard thornton how skinny he is I, I haven't seen. I've only seen his IMBD picture, so I don't know if he how skinny he really is. But he kind of when he was in the laundromat, I was like, he is a little bony. Yeah, I mean, the actor for Art the Clown, like you wouldn't even think that that's what the actual actor looks like. You know, like he just looks yeah. like a skinny fucking nerdy like high school student. That's what he looks like. He looks super young. I, he's got to probably still be in still in his twenties, if not maybe in his thirties. I don't know. Speaking real quick, speaking of P of these actors and their ages, there was a rumor that Lauren Lavera, who plays Sienna in the second movie, there was a rumor that she was in her 40s. Even my friend Brian called me up and he was like, dude, yeah, she's in her 40s. And I was like, what? Like, she she doesn't nowhere near look like her 40s. And I looked it up and it turns out her actual age isn't revealed on the internet at all. But she did wow. say she did make a tweet, I guess, and she said something, you know, she acknowledged a rumor 
And she basically said, no, I'm not in my 40s. She's, she just said that she is a 90s slash 2000s baby. So that must mean. Yeah, yeah. The woman playing the mother looks more like she would be in her 40s than, than the actress who played Sienna. Yeah. But uh, so she's got to, Lauren Levera has got to be either in her late 20s or early 30s, something like that. I'm going to go with late 20s, though. But um, no, uh, going back to the first Terrifier, you know, one of the things that like that, that's so amazing to me is like there was no ad campaign for this franchise. I don't no. remember ever hearing anything about. I mean, like I always follow the horror scene. You know, so I, uh, of course, heard about it years ago. But when I first watched it, it wasn't on Netflix. And that's how it, you know, I hate to say it, but in this case, it is all thanks to Netflix. Why Terrifier blew up in such a big way, because that's how everybody and their mother saw it. That's how all the casuals saw Terrifier. It was on Netflix. Right. Now, um, I could be I could be wrong, but when they when he first debuted the character in that trilogy anthology film called All Hallows Eve. The original cover for the All Hallows Eve movie that you would see in pictures, it was always this pumpkin. But after the Terrifier got smart, uh, smart after it got popular, if you look back, now when you see thumbnails and stuff of All Hallows Eve, it shows Art the Clown's face now. But he was only just one story in the whole in the All Hallows Eve. So yeah, the Terrifier, it 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 like totally blew Art the Clown and that whole thing. I think more. I think a lot of people went back to see All Hallows Eve because they didn't even know Art the Clown was in that because of the Terrifier. You you might be slightly misremembering uh, it wrong because there's two All Hallows Eve movies and the second All Hallows Eve poster has a pumpkin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The first but Art the Clown was only in the first All Hallows Eve though. Correct? Art the Clown was only in the first one. Okay. But and, and the second one sucks. I don't even know. Does Damien Leone does he even direct the second one? I don't even think he does. I, think. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I actually now that you mention it, and my old ass brain got screwed up. I don't think I saw the second one either. I think I was confusing part two's poster with the first mm-hmm. one. I definitely saw the first I, one, but I don't think I saw the second one. Now that you right. bring it up. And by the way, your old ass brain got fucked up. My our producer helped me out with uh, understanding that we we don't censor our words on this show, Paul. Okay, I'm fucking sorry. <laughs> um, but no, so I saw All Hallows Eve first, but and that's how I even knew about the Art the Clown character because this, I believe, All Hallows Eve, the first one came out in early 2010s, maybe 2012, 2013, something like that. And I was still in the phase of getting DVDs by mail from Netflix. I know that's funny to think now because who the fuck would do that now? But I was doing it back then, and. All Hallows Eve was one of those movies that I saw on my recommendations list on the website. And I was like, oh, I'll add that. And I liked it. I liked almost every story. And I liked the wraparound story. The ra- I thought the wraparound story was the best part. And it was it was creepy, you know? Like, the oh, idea yeah. of a character from a VHS tape is now in your world. Like, yeah, that's fucking great. So I liked All Hallows Eve. Um, and then, yeah, just through the websites that I followed, you know, Dread Central, Bloody Disgusting, Fangoria, whatever, I heard news that they were going to give that character his own movie. And so I watched Terrifier. It wasn't on Netflix. I believe I rented it. And I loved it. Like, I fucking loved it from, from you know, the very first time I watched it. Um, so we're going to start off talking about the first movie. We're going to break it down, give our thoughts on it. 
Uh, Paul, I've done enough talking so far in our 34 minute episode so far. Let's, let's hear what you have to say about the first terrifier. The first one, it from the, I just love how he can go from being all smiling and joking to just eyes of death on you. He just can turn it on because that one girl wanted to take the pictures with him and he was giving her that evil face. And then he gave the ring to the other one, but he went from being all mean and evil and just snapped his hat, took the picture, to being all loving and giving her the ring. It just, I do like how Art the Clown, uh, we got to see him grow quite a bit from what the little bit we saw of him in All Hallows Eve. He got to, we got to see, I know the actor was different. I know the actor from All Hallows Eve was not the same Art. So this was the, the the new guy, which I don't remember his name, putting his Stephen own Howard touch. Jordan. Yeah, putting his own touch on the character. That's why I think, as it comes to the Terrifier, the Art the Clown was interesting in All Hallows Eve, but the movie, the, the first Terrifier film, is what brought art to the art that we all know and love. So that actor had a lot to do with you know, because a lot of people, oh, it's just what's written down, but. When you no. when you have to put on heavy makeup and you have to do your face and make all those, I mean, he was, I loved it. I just love his emotions. I love you know when she would stab him and he would just, mm-hmm. just like, you know, you're waiting for him to slip up and make a peep, and he never made a peep. And it's just that's why I think the first movie is what how he the second one blew your mind, but the first one was just the actors and getting into character and you know creating that. Art the clown that we're that we want to see now, so I, that's why I think the first movie is exceptional. Even though I think it's a little, I think I, I think le, I don't, I don't want to say I think less of it, but compared to two, I like two better. But there's a lot of stuff going on in two that is the reason I like it. That doesn't have anything to do with one because I feel writing wise they were two different films, totally two mm-hmm. different films. But the first one laid the foundation and it laid it really good with the, you know, have it showing how art is. Cause I think all the characters in the first one, except for the 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 sister that came to save her, those character the characters were written just to throw them away. Where in Terrifier 2, they actually I feel he put in a lot of effort in writing the characters. The first one was just, I just need to create some characters for art to kill. Except well, for the sister, he focused a lot on her when she came and showed up. Yeah, so I, what I do really like about the first one is the the two girls that get introduced after the uh, intro. Um, fuck, I don't remember their names. The blonde and the brunette. Um, right. The brunette came off as she was the star. Right. And uh, I, was her name Tara or something like that? I don't remember, but... Uh, she, I, I thought she was the one that was going to survive throughout the movie. So then, you know, halfway through when he kills her, it that's like a holy shit moment. Like you did not right. think, even with her getting shot in the gut and stabbed and all that, she was still alive. And, and then he ran out of his bullets and his gun and you thought she was still going to survive, but he kills her. So that was, that, the first movie has a shock factor to it and a lightning in a bottle type of vibe that you could never replicate that. And how many horror movies had you seen up until the terrifier that had a woman hanging upside down and he saw her from cunt to head. I like how you said that. (laughs) I mean, Um, nobody, 
that that was the first time I'd seen something so brutal. Well, and I seen, and, and again, I've been watching a lot of interviews with the, with the cast and crew. And that's another thing that the director said. He said that he researched death scenes that haven't yet been in a horror movie and that came up. And so according to him and according to what anyone could find, that's the very first time that type of death scene has happened on screen in a horror movie. And I mean, it was I, it brutal, brutal. I, I think my favorite death scene is not even that one. Although that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, but it's not my favorite death scene overall. I, I think my favorite kill is, um, the, the guy who owned the, 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 the building when he showed up and then Art stabbed him in the head and then slit his throat and then like and he you know then that that to oh, me yeah. that was and then he kicked his head. I think that was the best death scene. It that was just the most brutal, I thought. Um the first one, you know, for both movies have a lot of art antics, as I'll call it. But I, to me, I think the first one has better antics. I think it's it's he's funnier in the first one, and he's more creepier. Like, you know, like holy shit, like what am I watching right now? Like, you know, what I mean, I don't know whether to laugh or to to you know be grossed out or or what. Um, the the first one it has a pacing to it that the second one does not have, and I like horror movies that have a pacing to where it starts out. And it's like a slow burn, but then it just revs up and revs up slowly but surely. And then by the end of it, it's pure chaos. And that's how I feel the first one is. Another good example would be the the original The Evil Dead in 81. I think that movie has a perfect pacing to it. Um, And that's why I prefer The Evil Dead over Evil Dead 2. Because I just don't like the pacing of Evil Dead 2. And I don't really like the characters in Evil Dead 2. Um, but yeah, that's my example. I, you know, the evil dead, perfect pacing, terrifier one, perfect pacing. And to me, that's what kind of almost wins me over in a movie is the pacing sometimes. Um, I do agree that like the second one wins overall with story, you know, they made the second one feel like an actual movie as to where, yeah, the the first one kind of feels like just a showcase for, for art the clown. Um, but no, um, they just did so much in the first one. You know, they did the first one thinking they would never make another one. That That's more than likely what they did. So I feel like they threw everything plus the kitchen sink at us in the first movie. You know, and, right. and that's why probably they had to go the what the fuck route with part two. You know, but at the same time, at the end of the first one, it was obvious that art was par- uh, uh, supernatural. You know, he's not just a slasher. He's not a human. He's supernatural because he blew his own brains out. Right. And plus, before that, he got stabbed in the eye and all that. Yeah. And then if you look at uh, the way they started to the first one, like you said, they didn't think they were going to get another one. They show you the end result at the beginning, but you don't know what you're seeing until the end when you when they she's in a wheelchair and the parents are there and they turn her around. You're like, oh, my God, she's the, the lady on the news from the beginning. Yeah, so they kind of like yeah. So you could tell I, I, I that you could tell that this was he, he was going for. A, this is going to be my only time, you know. So he because that's the way it and, felt with that book, the the wraparound there with the yeah and the end. And, and I will say that's probably the only big flaw that anyone could ever give this movie is like it 
does not have a plot. It doesn't have a twist. It really the only twist you get is the very ending, and when you realize that you saw the ending at the beginning, and it, right. it, it really wasn't that good. If you know, if you're thinking about comparing to the actual movies, so yeah, the first one doesn't have it. It's it, you know, it's almost it, it really it, it wasn't it what it was is a short film brought to a feature length. Because it, it was, you know, the 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 one short from All Hallows Eve. That's what they turned this into, you know, a feature right. length film. So, and, but when you're watching it, you don't really care because it's so shocking and you're so in awe with what you're seeing that it doesn't matter that this isn't a traditional movie. It, what matters is it keeps bringing the chaos, the blood and gore, and the art antics. Um, and by the way, one of the best scenes of the movie and the way, especially the way they shot it. When you saw that crazy lady coddling or cuddling uh, Art the Clown because he had a hold of her doll baby. And instead yeah. of instead of them showing you that he killed her, they left you in suspense. And then that girl's sister found what she thought was either her sister laying on the ground or just a woman. And then you're thinking, as the viewer, you're thinking, oh, that's that crazy lady. He just killed. And then the way that they did that, then showing her being scalped and without her titties. And then right before they're showing art, then it hits your mind. Holy shit. That's him on the fucking ground. And then he pops up and then you, your mind just, you know what I mean? That was perfect, perfect pacing where yes. you, 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 you didn't predict it ahead of the time that it got revealed. It was all perfectly timed. And you know what I mean? Like I showed my friend Josh, the movie and he, the way he reacted that he, he didn't catch on to it ahead of time but when they showed it it was like oh my fucking god he's wearing her titties and scalp <laughs> like what the fuck it it was perfect like that movie yes. it, for what it set out to be it's a perfect film a horror film oh yeah um i i i, I had i hadn't watched it in a long time and then I I, ha I hadn't watched it yet because I didn't know when we were going to do it and if we were going to do it because I didn't know at the time, you know, you didn't pull the trigger on this episode until we knew it was good. Okay, it's going to air, part two is airing on Screenbox so we can watch it. You So I was unsure. And then when you said, yeah, we're going to do it, I went and watched it and I hadn't watched it in a while. And even by not watching it, it, it the movie I've, is so good that I still was like, you know, ooh. Ooh, ooh, when I watched it, and I mean, it's you know, I think the last time I saw it was like maybe four or five years ago. I think I'm not sure, but it's been a while. I mean, even even after you know, no, seeing it, I still was like, ooh, ooh. I mean, it still brought the joy and excitement watching it, even though I knew some of what was going to happen. I was like, oh, this is, I just love it. Uh, I think another thing is like the first one is only an hour and twenty four minutes. I think it is, and. Art the Clown was on screen the perfect amount of time. You, He didn't feel like he was getting boring. He didn't feel like he was... It, there, there wasn't any filler in this right. movie. And I think that's the one flaw with the second one is there's a lot of filler. I mean, especially if you don't like that family, which I do. I like the family. I liked just about all, every character in the second one. But we're still talking about the first one. Um, before we move on, do you have any personal flaws with the first one? Because I already talked about what my flaws were. My my only flaw with the movie is just the the uh, the flat fact that there's no plot, and the, you know you only get one tiny little twist at the end. And but that's again, that's almost not even a flaw because that's what you signed up for to watch something like that. So. Right. It it I don't I don't see any flaws in it personally because of the fact that it was an independent film, and I don't like to 
you know, you, you're, you only have so much money. You only have so much time and you only have, you can, you know, you can't get some of the top notch actors. Like, like the guy who played the, the, the cleaning guy. Um, I didn't like, I didn't like that actors. I just, it, it, he wasn't, I'm not saying he's a bad actor. He just wasn't pulling me in. Like when, you know, he, I didn't care when he got killed. I didn't care. Um, but yeah, I cared when the pizza guy got killed. You know, poor guys in there's cleaning that shit. He did a good job. So y- you don't have a lot to work with. You know, you don't have any De Niro's on the set or anything like that. So I ha- I cut him slack because it's an independent film. You know, I'm not like Michael J who likes to, you know, rip the independent filmmakers to shreds. So I thought it was, I don't think, I, me personally, I didn't see any flaws in it with the exception of I felt like, you know, they could have writing the guy, the he was just a character to move the plot along and they could have done it in a different way without using, you know, they could have said, oh, there's an abandoned building here when I'll go in and let me see if there's a bathroom. You know, they could have ran across the, the lady with the doll, in, you know, in, in the alley and she could have been like, oh, there's a bathroom in here. They didn't have to use like that guy. I mean, I know why they used them, but that, so I think there was, like I said, I didn't like the fact that some characters were there just because oh, I got to put something in here. He could have gone in a different route. We didn't need that guy. I, I I get what you're where you're coming from, but at the same time, it gave us more carnage, gave us more kills. That's true. Because if he had less kills, maybe I would have been. Oh, it wasn't a bad movie, but wasn't enough. See, maybe I am like Michael J. Nothing's gonna make me happy. Yeah, so, you're turn you're turning into Michael J. for sure. Um, the one other thing I was uh, like the pizzeria scene where he goes into the bathroom and then. They don't show you right away what he went in the bathroom. And then that, that blonde girl said, well, maybe he jerked off in the bathroom. I think that it would have been better if they just wouldn't have showed at all that he wrote his name and shit in the bathroom. Right. I think they actually right. should have not had that. And then let you think, let they should have let that be one of those things that you just wondered about after the movie's over. Like, well, what did he do in the bathroom? Did he piss all over the place? Did he shit? Did he come? What did he fucking do? You know, that right. I think that would have been better because – this sh- okay, I know that the whole shitting gimmick is a part of the art character because uh, D- Damien Leone or whatever uh, he he makes that a part of his character. Um, but that's the one thing I think that could have been left out, not because it's gross, but I think it's just um, it's out of place. Right. I, I I do think that that's out of place. So I I think that that's maybe one thing I would have changed is just not show the pizza guy cleaning the bathroom at all. And it just remains a mystery of what he did in there. I think that would have right. been a lot better. And then just go or, right into kill scenes. Right. Or just have him come out of the bathroom and be like, I'm never doing that again. And that still would have showed that he went in there and did something after art left, but we don't know what it is. Exactly. So if, Cause they, I guess they, they needed to put that pizzeria guy in a room by himself so he could come out and find his boss decapitated. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, so they could have just had him go in there and just come out and be like that. I'm never doing that again. Instead of showing him in there bitching and moaning about it. Yeah. So, I, I'm with you. They, they didn't have to, sh- they could have left that. They could have left that out. Yeah. And, and again, and not because it's gross. It actually was done in a not that gross kind of way, but it's just this idea that like now it, that, it was just out of place. It was just so out of place. Uh, so I don't know. Right. I mean, but, he didn't two he didn't two girls one cuppus or anything, so it wasn't really that disgusting. But yeah, right. 
Also, I just want to say, like, overall, I'm glad, as graphic as these movies are, I'm glad that they didn't end up making art like a, a pedophile or a rapist or anything like that. He's just like a cannibal and he's sadistic. Right. And he I likes mean, to shit. Right. I mean, he did, he's not opposed to killing a child. That's not a, that, he doesn't have that problem, but you're right. They could have went and made him a real sicko and they at least, you know, he, all I do is murder. I'm not even in it for the, gro he don't even try to have sex with the grown-ups. He just, I kill people and that's it. Yeah. And the closest thing to perversion that Art has is when he stripped that blonde naked and cut her from puss to face. So. Right. And that, and I wouldn't even, that's not even like, yeah, her titties were out and she had some nice titties, by the way. I'm not going to fucking lie about that. She has some nice, like, hmm. Anyway. Um, but it wasn't even a sexualized scene. Like, yes, her tits were out, but they all, I hate to say this word for a terrifier movie, but they almost did it in a classier kind of way because once he ripped her, her panties off, they didn't show her pussy, you know, they, no. they just cut away and then he started sawing her in half. So even though the movie, like it hit all the right notes for a horror fan, but it didn't go over the top sexually. And Real quick, there's no nudity whatsoever in the second movie. I'm not surprised no. either. No. And I was really, really, really looking for at least some kind of nudity in the second one, but we didn't get it. I We got that quick Sienna shower scene, but all we got was side boob and thigh. Right. And backside which, and belly. Which he just proved we don't need the uh, usual tits in a horror movie. Yeah, oh, not that this is a big deal or anything, but I, I I did notice that the second one is a little bit more careful with certain things that's socially unacceptable in today's world. You know, again, there's really no sexualization of the women in the second one. You know, um, there's no nudity except for the drawing on in that book that Jonathan was going through. Right. Um, and there's no socially unacceptable words. And in the first Terrifier, the blonde flat out calls Art the Clown a retard. He says, well, you, right. she said, oh, you looking, you mean that retard in the clown outfit? And again, that movie was made, I think, in 2015. And again, that was before all this, you know, PC woke retarded bullshit started. So, you know, first, that's what I will say. Like, that's another thing I like about the first one a lot is because the first one is not woke at all. It doesn't feel... It feels just balls to the wall, like good pacing. It doesn't give a fuck if it offends, but it also, you know, it didn't have to make Art the Clown a fucking rapist or anything. Right. Um, but again, that's not a dig on the second one. Of course, you know, they wanted to make the second one probably more um, accessible for anybody who watches it as long as you can handle excessive violence. But anyway, before we move on to the second one, Paul, what would your overall rating of the first one, first Terrifier would be? Um, well, if I was going out of five, I think I'm going to actually be a nice guy. And I think I'm going to give that sucker a four. I, I I love the first one. I think that I will give the first one. Oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. I was real tempted to give it a five out of five. But, you know, you... You, like I said, you can find flaws in it just a little tiny bit here and there. It's almost, it is, it's almost a five-star movie to me because, you know, it's for horror fans. It's not for the people that just want to watch big-time Hollywood action-adventure romance movies. You know, if you you can't judge it like that. 
it's for a specific audience and for what it is and for what it's trying to accomplish i think it's a damn near perfect horror movie so yeah i'll just say four and a half out of five see that's what i was telling my wife last night when i was discussing you know you know telling her all this you know what we were going to talk about and i was like it seems like it's a cycle and it's i think it's getting ready to start over again remember in this in the 80s well i don't know when you were born but in the 80s 86 um Okay, in the 80s, we were flooded with, people don't re realize this, but in the 80s, a lot of these movies that we were getting at the video store and just judging the cassette cover and buying them, and some of them turned out to be classics, those were independent films too. There was no studio backing behind any of that. It, then a ho horror got so popular in the 80s that Hollywood took it back in the 90s, you know, with your grudge and your ring, and, you know, so they started doing horror again, and then it started... Then, then it started dying off, and see now it's the rise of independent horror again. So I'm, a, I'm starting to think in the next three to five years Hollywood's going to start making horror movies, you know, like like it's going out of style because Hollywood's Wait. always two steps behind. The Grudge wasn't '90s, was it? I thought The Grudge was early 2000s. <laughs> it, it, I, it, but you know what I'm saying? It, the, a lot of the stuff in the '90s in the tail end, not the beginning, but oh. the mid '90s, it was all like Hollywood stuff. It was all Hollywood. Like I think Scream was in the late nineties. I think. I think that was ninety six. Scream. So it, it Hollywood was like, look, we can make money doing this, and then people stopped going to see Hollywood movies for horror because they're oh, they're just doing this, they're doing that. So the fans stopped going. Now you know, Art the Clown made ten million dollars. Now Hollywood's going to be like, hey, let's throw tons of money and you know do some more horror movies. Yeah. And 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 then it'll get at watered down, and then you know, and then it'll just recycle. You know, like wrestling does, it just recycles. It gets boring, people stop watching, and then boom, something happens, and it's the greatest thing ever again. I think uh, that's, you know. I was, and that's what I was saying to my friend the other day who took me to go see Terrifier 2 was like, this is history. We're, we're, we're witnessing horror history in the making. Because right. now that the Terrifier franchise is very profitable considering the budget of the movies, now uh, there's going to be imitators. And there's going to be a whole new slew of, I'm not saying that I think there's going to be specific copycat, copycat clown killer movies. I, I don't think people will be that fucking stupid to try and copy it like that. But I think they are going to go the route of more graphic, more violent, more torture like death scenes um, and just more outrageousness and try to do it on a crowdfunded lower budget. And try to you know try to do what Terrifier tried. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. See, who, who is this Mister Nanners guy in the chat? Is he just a random guy that came in, or because I I seen his? That's that's Morgan. That's Morgan Wellborn. Remember Morgan Wellborn? Yes, that's. Okay. Why is he? Why the fuck is he Mister Nanners now? What what is behind that? Is that his um? Is that his dominatrix name or some shit? <laughs> hmm. But he says he told me earlier, don't fucking lie. And now he's saying, let's make horror movies for kids. Morgan, is that because you can't figure out any other activities to do with your kids? Is that why you're saying that we should make horror movies for kids? Just wondering. They did make a horror movie for kids. It was called Monster Squad. Yeah. I, and whenever you talk to John Rhodes, that's all you got to hear from him is Monster Squad this and Monster Squad that. You know, that's his favorite fucking movie. I loved it. I love it. I thought it was awesome. 
Google deleted Morgan's account. Why, Morgan? Go ahead and tell us why. I'd love to know why you you got your your account deleted by Google. That's um that's weird. What were you googling? Hmm? Anyway, um, well, Mr. Nanners related. Yeah, well, Mr. Nanners is coming up with an excuse why his uh, search history got hacked and uh, his Google account got deleted. We are going to go on to Terrifier Two. Um, just like with the first one, I'm gonna let you start this off. Tell me your thoughts on Terrifier 2. Now, the flaw that I, the other flaw that I had with the first Terrifier, now I'm gonna tell you what it is. I had, couldn't say anything, so I didn't want to spoil it. But I'm gonna tell you, Terrifier 2, one of the things that I loved a lot about this, it had an 80s feeling soundtrack with that synthesizer music. Where the first Terrifier's the soundtrack, the background music, I, I, it, it, it's it's shitty compared to Terrifier Two. I love that it felt like an. I was watching like sure, you know, and it's an old Italian horror film with that that synthesizer music. I thought it was awesome. It had a great that music put the that the music the background music put this movie like it set it up, man. I. I love the I love that eighty cent thing they had. Going I on. do agree with that. Did they play that anymore? Like, did they play that when she was showering and putting her suit on, or was they playing something different at that point? I think it was a soft mixture of the synth music, but mm-hmm. I think it was in there in the background. But it was like you know they 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 brought out a different kind of music, but you could hear like a synth in the back. I, yeah. I think I'm not sure, but I do you know. But I know when she was like fighting and all that at the end, you, you really got the synth music and during the credits and the and, you know. So, but I look, I just love. It's not that I you know don't. It, I just love. I love when you use that '80s synthesizer music, especially in a horror movie, because it just takes you back to man. This could have been an '80s movie that I picked out in the video store. I yeah. Just love that. But, but let's be fucking honest. It's a good thing it wasn't an '80s movie because we wouldn't have got it. So it wouldn't be as graphic and off the wall and fucking crazy if it was. No, no. And and for a movie nowadays with the special effects they have, I'm glad he kept it all practical. Most of it was practical. He admitted that there are there is some CGI enhancements in some of the scenes. I was thinking that some of the scenes that are got that CGI enhancement would probably be the the commercial for the clown. The clown uh, barbecue, the the clown, uh, what the hell was it? Yeah, um, the, clown the clown restaurant. Cafe. Yeah, when he was sh- when he shot them, I think some of those bullet and bloods were CGI. I think. Yeah, how about you go ahead and sing, sing the uh, clown cafe song for us, Paul? I I can't I can't uh, recall the I hear the I hear her with her little banjo thing going, but I can't remember the lyrics. Say my fucking life. I think it goes something like. Terrifier's awesome and Michael J is gay. Come on down to the motherfucking clown cafe. I think that's how it went. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, um, no, I think one of the uh, the the scene that even when I saw it in the theaters and I I said right away that had to have been CG. Um, when the black guy and the 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 Halloween store guy. When he got his head chopped off, you could still see his his eyes and his facial expressions was still moving. Did okay. you even notice that? No, I did not. I have to yeah. see now. I got to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, and it was kind of creepy. Like, and I, I don't think that they did. I don't think that was animatronic. I think that they like recorded of like a visual of him like reacting to it, and then they just CGI put it on that fake head. I think that's what they did. I think. Um, and then of course. 
a lot of that stuff with the sword uh, in her dream sequence and at the end with the water tank and all that. That's that's of course CGI with the, but that was like pure 80s CGI with the 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 energy. You know, you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. But anyway, continue on with your thoughts. Um, the one I think the only thing about that movie that I could have lived without was the little girl taking a shit in the laundromat. That that was like it didn't gross me out or make me want to run away, but I was like. Why the hell do I have to see this? I mean, I get it because it made art, you know, but it was like, I was like, he could have done something else. Maybe had her kill the guy sitting over there, but I did that. That was the only part of the movie that I questioned was the diary and little girl. Well, I think though, because she, the the pale girl definitely was a, a little bit of a frustration for me because it wasn't quite answered right off the bat. Like, who can see her? Is it just an arts head? Is does she not actually exist? Like, but then after the movie went on, you realized that the family could, you know, the brother and the sister can both see her. So it's just like, okay, so she is a real entity, but only art can see her, and the family can see her. That's why I said earlier he needs to do something, either part of the movie or do a whole movie and give us some give us a little bit of an origin on art. Cause that's what I was thinking the whole, that was another thing I was thinking, just like you said, cause the guy in the laundromat didn't see her. And then the kids saw her, the boy saw her in the school. And I was like, well, I thought she, I thought she was, I thought she was just arts imagination. Yeah. But then when they, when they saw her, I'm like scratching my head going, okay, now is she really there? And then I thought maybe art was not there. I thought maybe art was just in there, you know, in, in their heads and i was like i don't know what the, this movie had me thinking like in one direction and then fucking it took me in a different direction i mean right, made me right. think. Th th this wasn't a horror movie where i just sat there and like you know oh he's you know sh i i actually was thinking like was this real you know is the is the sister really the killer is the boy the killer or are they just is arch just influence i mean i thought a whole bunch of off the wall bullshit stuff that, mm. because i didn't know what was going on um, I will say this movie has some well thought out jump scares. It's not like overdone, but the movie, I like there, cause I watched it in theaters for the first time I, of, of my first viewing and a couple of the jump scares got me. Yeah. Cause I laid in bed and watched it and I did get the heebie jeebies every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, the, it, he did it. He did a good job. And the pale girl actually was creepy looking they, they, when her, and her eyes glowed too. That that when he was when he when the van was out there honking and he walked up, she wasn't there at first. And then when he looked at her and she saw and her eyes glowed, I was like, damn, I got a little put the blanket up a little higher. Because, yeah, that I have a thing about dolls and children in horror movies. If they're done right, they creep the shit out of me. Mm, interesting. Um, what what did you think about the length of the second movie? Two hours and 18 minutes. It Did you feel long. it was too long? So you felt like it I had felt a lot it was of too long. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I don't think it had any filler. I just think it had some stuff that could have been, you know, DVD extras that we could have gone without. Like I could have lived without seeing Chris Jericho and that whole insane asylum thing. Cause I'm not going to get too far yet until we get there. But the ending really had me, the ending had me so confused. Not only was I scratching my head, I was scratching my balls. Cause I'm like, what the fuck? So, but there was some stuff in this movie that I was like, he didn't really, he could have left it on the cutting room floor 
you know, I would have bought a DVD just to see it, you know, to, but I don't, I don't, uh, I thought it was a little too long. I just. Right. Because I, and I looked, they released the information, I think just like a week or two ago of what the features are going to be on, on the physical release. And there are no deleted scenes. Why? Because it's all in the movie. <laughs> right. I mean, I get it. Maybe this was also like he was rolling the dice. I don't think when he made this movie, he thought, oh, I'm going to make $10 million. I don't think he thought that. So I guess he just figured I'll roll the dice and everything that came out of my head, I'm putting it on there. Hollywood's not telling me, edit, edit, edit. So I'm just going to give them the whole fucking thing. So I get yeah. why it's all in there because maybe it would have bombed, but at least he got his, you know, he got to do what he wanted to do. But hindsight, looking back on it, did I enjoy the movie, the entire movie? Well, for the most part, yes, yes, I did. Do I what if I watched the hour and 45 minute film, would I be sitting here saying, oh, that movie was awesome. Maybe I would have not liked it had it been shorter. It's one of those things where I'll never know the answer, but it does feel like it was a little long. You know, and, and I had this idea the other day, too. Um, you know how when they usually make horror movies and if there's extra stuff to be added in, then they'll release like an unrated or an extended or a director's cut on DVD. I almost wonder, wouldn't it be interesting if, because we already basically have the unrated extended director's cut, wouldn't it be interesting if they would, if he would recut the film and make it like 20 minutes less or 30 minutes less and just give us like, not call it, maybe not call it an R-rated version because it wouldn't be, but like, you know what I mean? Call it a condensed cut or you know something right. like that because i'll tell you i also didn't feel like there was much filler but there definitely was whole entire scenes that could have been cut out mainly um the school scene where the kids found the dead animal and they scared that girl and felicia rose's little quick little part could have been cut the classroom scene could have been cut and the whole him finding the pale girl and art playing with the thing that all that could have been cut the fuck out. <laughs> right. Like if he still wanted to show the no face girl at the end, he could have just had, you know, cut to a scene where the lady walking down the hallway and hearing the music didn't have to go about do the whole thing with Chris Jericho. And, Oh, my wife made that. It's really good. You should try that. He could have cut all that out. Just had her walk the hall and, and find the lady in the end. That, yes, over. I mean, that ending, that uh, mid credit scene, that has to be the longest fucking mid credit scene I've ever seen in a movie. What was it, 10 extra minutes? Yeah, because I'm sitting there, my wife's over there, and I'm like, Chris Jericho's supposed to be in this movie. I saw it at the beginning, and Chris Jericho. I'm like, where is he? And I'm like, I guess he must have been in the club scene, and I just didn't notice him. And then the, the then then the mid credit scene kicked on. I'm like, okay, there's Chris well, Jericho. I had this wild idea. I thought that because they kept talking about Sienna and Jonathan's father, I thought Chris Jericho was going to be the father. Oh, and flashbacks are yeah, yeah. See, I was I was wait for you know I I didn't know about Felissa Rose, but I saw when I saw Chris Jericho's name, I spent the entire two and two two hours and nineteen minutes like, well, where the fuck's Chris Jericho? Where the fuck's Chris Jericho? I mean, it didn't distract from the movie, but I was always waiting to see, you know, what kind of role is he going to have? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And then I get that. I'm like, no, they should have just cut Chris Jericho out. I, it, I think he could have done, he could have got a better spot in the film. Like and is it just me or did Chris Jericho in that end credit scene look extremely fucking out of shape and old? 
Like he doesn't even look yeah. like that on, on television, on AEW, but on that scene, he looked completely fucking fat, old, and out of shape. Yeah, he did. He looked he looked bad. So maybe this was filmed. He started to get maybe this his part could have been filmed way back. I don't know. Do you, do you know how long he had been working on Terrifier Two? Did yes, it, did he, I, did, I thought I thought I heard him say that overall it was a three year process. So maybe and he did the Chris Jericho stuff a long time before. They he said getting back into shape. They said that they had began filming in October of 2019. And then they shut down in March of 2020 because of the pan the pandemic, and they didn't start back up production until October of 2020. I think that's what he said. So they got just a couple of months of shooting in, and they had to wait all those months and then got back. And I, I don't know if they finished it in early 2021 or what, but then it just sat for you know a year or whatever. And he also said he alluded to the fact that. The, the end credit scene with Chris Jericho, uh, I guess he wrote that later on. Because, okay, see, and that's one of my biggest problems. I don't have a problem with jumping around here on this movie, but you get your original ending, which I thought she dispatched Art perfectly. She caught, you know, cut his fucking head off with the sword. Right. That was great. And the fact that, I don't know, did you catch it that he he just took it? He was like, like you know, did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. But um, she cut his head off. And then the little pale girl comes and scoops up his head and leaves. Okay, there's your fucking, there's your fucking hint at a third movie. She took his head, but then, then they, then they go with the mid credit scene where the the no face lady, as you call her, uh, gave birth to his head. Okay, then that okay, it's like okay, if you were gonna do that scene, you shouldn't have had your original ending where the pale girl carried off his head, you know, carried right. his head off. So. That was a little frustrating. Like, why did you give us the uh, first? Why did you not cut out that ending if you knew you were going to put in this new ending? Like, I don't think I would have had a problem with the the extended mid credits ending had they just cut out the first ending. That's 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 batshit crazy to me. Why did you leave it in showing that that pale girl girl carried his head off, alluding to the fact that she was going to resurrect him somehow because she has his head? And then show the mid credit scene where his head gets rebirthed through that other girl. Like right. that was just stupid to me. And and when the and when the pale girl took his head, she put her head up to it. Like he was talking to her, telling her what to do. Yeah. And she left with the head. Well, what did he what did he tell her? Hey, shove my head up this chick's cunt. I mean, how did he, you know, what did he say to her? If they wanted to have the girl still involved, I would have cut the scene with her, like you said, taking the head away, but I would have had her in the room clapping and laughing, you know, when yeah. she was giving birth, if he really wanted her to still be a part of it. Cause you're right. It's saying, it's saying mixed, mixed signals, you know? Okay. So yeah. Who, who, you know, so now we have to wait until the next one to find out wh where the fuck he's going with this. Yeah. But I'm telling you that whole birthing scene for me seemed a little, uh, out of place. And I didn't and, hate it. It just didn't seem like it, you know, it was the and, right thing to do. And you know what? And it looked bad too. It, it that was one of the very that was the one of the examples of their CGI and their you know the way they do do those effects that it was bad looking like the way his head was moving in her lap like it just looked bad they should have just stuck with the first ending because I don't have a problem with the no face girl being in it if that's if she's like the running gag of the movie because she's going to be in all of them I'm fine with that because I think 
makeup wise, she's fucking creepy looking. And she creeps me out, you know, not as much as the girl, because like I said, dolls and girls, but are children. But she's she's creep she creeps me out more than art with the way her face is done. It's just it's 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 creepy. So right. I mean he could have kept her in the movie in a different way than have her give birth to his head. Right. Well, hopefully as these movies go on, they 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 you know they have better pacing, better cinema. No, the cinematography is good, but the better placement of characters and use of characters. Um, and just, you know, don't make it feel so chaotic in the bad way. You know, this movie is also chaotic in a good way with the kills and the torture. And, and I, I like the chasing all the chase scenes. And I love the third act before the mid credit scene, the third act at the terrifier park or whatever that is. Like that was a great third act. I, 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 the only thing that got me was like the, the terrifier at the, you know, meet me at the terrifier. I'm like, well, why are they just, you know, I, why are they introducing this ride called the terrifier when this is the second movie? Why wasn't this introduced in the first film? So that one threw me for a loop too. Like, you know, where'd this come from? You know, why didn't we, you know, I thought that, I thought art was the terrifier. I didn't know, you know, it's based on some kind of, no, they just, they call him the miles County clown or something like that. So, and they they didn't even call him that in the first one. No, but I did now a, a little bit of off the, uh, on the same subject, but a little, what I felt the kid, I, every time, I don't know why, but every time I watch that kid in the movie, all I pictured was that was the, he looks like the guy from Lincoln Park, that Chester Benning court or whatever. That really? that young kid with those dark rim glasses. I just picture him wake, you know, growing up and that's you know, singing Lincoln Park songs because yeah. he just looked like a young version of their singer. I know it's just a little side thing I had going, but the whole he, time I'm watching it, I'm like, he looks like that dead guy from Yeah. Uh, Lincoln do you Park. do you think do you think he'll also eventually kill himself like the lead singer from Lincoln Park did? Well, and probably not because this movie is probably gonna. He wasn't a bad. He wasn't a bad actor. You know, none of the people in this movie did a shitty job acting. I didn't see even her friend who was all obnoxious. I gave you Molly. You know, even she wasn't bad. I didn't see any bad acting. You know, at all. I just didn't. And the only. Even, even, yeah, I was the just only, say, okay. Yeah, go Felicia ahead. Rose's Felissa Rose's part. I don't look. I love. I love. Sleepaway Camp. But I don't think Felissa Rose can act. I, I agree. I agree. And she's got a penis too, for Christ's sakes. Get her out of there. Get him out of there. Um, and also, and, and again, that whole scene was pointless. Like you didn't even need her in it if that's all you're gonna give her. Let let her die. Let her get killed. Like maybe that why did they just do that? But maybe that would have cost them a hell of a lot more money. And and I will say this with you had saying earlier about how it still felt, you know, there was some woke stuff in there the way they did it he that is the most realistic fucking mother i've ever seen she was a cunt and a bitch to those kids i get it that her husband committed suicide and all that we didn't find that out till later but she they they didn't sugarcoat the mother she's a bitch and i felt that was realistic i agree with that but i was just gonna say and i was gonna say this a couple of minutes ago when you're talking about the characters if there is one character in this movie i can't fucking stand it is the mother I I agree that they kept her realistic, but she didn't have to be a total twat to them almost every single scene. The only scene she wasn't a twat towards them in was when she was on the phone 
with Sienna and, you know, basically like, okay, I have fun at your party. I love you. You know, and that kind of gave it away. She was about to die. Yeah, that was, I was going to just say that, that, that when, when all that sweet scene came up, I'm like, well, she's done. I didn't know how she was going to get killed, but I knew she was screwed. Yeah. But yeah, he shouldn't have done it that way. He should have hit her death should have been a surprise. But I'm sure the way he designed he Ray he wrote her, I think he wrote her in a way where we wanted her to die. We were like, is she ever gonna die yet? Are they gonna fucking kill this woman yet? You know. That's that's what I was thinking. Like, man, I'm waiting for this cunt to die. Like, you know, and then she ended up getting the quickest death in the movie, just shot in the head, brains blown out, you know? Like but yeah. I did en- I did enjoy the mashed potatoes scene though. <laughs> so I guess you, you did add insult to injury to that one. So Right. I don't know. I might have tried. I don't know. I might have let her let her. I might have let her live. But if he's not going to have this family in any of the other in any other films, I I guess killing her off. But it would have been weird to see you know the most hated character survive. That would be kind of weird. They made it. He he didn't come out and say it in these words, but it's pretty much a given that Sienna, the character Sienna, at least is going to be in the rest of this franchise. Okay. Now, who knows if the brother's going to be or if there's going to be inter- introductions of other family members or anything like that. But it's pretty much a given that Sienna is coming back for three and four, if there's going to be a three and four. Um, and I, I'm OK. with that. I love Sienna. She that actress is gorgeous. Like she was drop dead gorgeous, gorgeous in yes. this movie. She's not a teenager. She's not anywhere in her teens. She that that actress I, is at least in her late 20s. Um, right. and I, I, you know, that shower, quick little shower scene. And I don't even know if that was even her, that could have possibly been a stunt double, you know, cause they didn't show her face when she was in the shower. Really? That's true. Could have, could have been a body double. Yeah. We may never but, know. Yeah. I'm just going to pretend for my perverted mindset sake that that was, um, Lauren Lavera in the shower. So, and, and um, she looks good. She looks good, but she's not like. I don't want to say it. I don't want this to sound bad, but she's not perfect. She looks like the girl next door. She don't look like somebody who, you know, was out there modeling and, you know, yeah. Paris Hilton in it. She looks like a normal, she looks like the kind of girl I could see at the grocery store, which made it, made it her even more lovable, I think, as a right. character. Cause she didn't look like, you know, she came out of a, you know, a, a, a model magazine. She just looked like a regular, a regular Joe. Or a Jane. Because she's female. Jane. Jane. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I like about her, too. She wasn't a goody little two-shoes, but she wasn't a complete cunt. She was just she was just there, but in all the right ways. And the best, she was the best character in the movie, besides art. And right. I, I don't know. I think she's the perfect modern-day final girl. Like, I, I love her, honestly. Like, And I, that's why I'm okay with them going more so in the what-the-fuck route you know, for three and four, because fuck it, give her superpowers. Cause she has that sword and let her right. have take art in space for the f- final movie. I don't care. Like what right. horror movie I, in space do we not like? Like, you know, right. <laughs> Let's be honest. And, and, and that pale girl, I got to give whoever that was that played her for having all that makeup and everything. She was believable. She, she could act through all that makeup without saying a word or anything. You know, the, the facial, she did a, for a child to for a child version of art, I would have to give her, you know, kudos. She did awesome. Oh yeah, she did a perfect job. She, she blended right in with that fucking movie. But um, 
So okay, so let's talk about the kills you know, or slash torture scenes in the movie. What uh, what what were your thoughts on them? Like, what what was your favorite? What was your unfavorite? Stuff like that. I wasn't a big fan of the the restaurant scene there. Not the not the restaurant scene, but the whole when he was in his little wagon and they were all like kids. And he had all the people there, and he pulled out that machine gun. That was too easy. That that that, that seemed like lazy. How am I gonna? You know, what can I, I do? I, to, I liked it. I, I thought it was funny because it kind of upped the ante of when he used a gun in the first one. And it was just a dream sequence. So by the way, I don't want to I don't want to forget about this. I'm sorry I won't cut you off, but um I didn't look this up to see if it was or if it wasn't. But in that clown cafe scene, when that person comes over the speaker, does that not sound like Mark Hamill? It sounded like the fucking Joker. It sounded like Mark Hamill. So but it could have been and listen to it. It could have been David Howard Thornton because he also does an impression of Mark Hamill's Joker. So it might have been I, him. I'll have but to it, go back and listen. I have to because li- I, I I remember, you know, I heard I can hear the voice in my head, but I didn't focus on it because I was watching all the stuff. So I didn't focus on his voice. Now I got to go back and see. I'm already yeah. going to have to watch it again. It it sounds identical to Mark Hamill's Joker. But it could like I said, it could it could have been. David Howard Thornton's uh, impression of him. Because, again, I've been watching so many fucking interviews with all of them. And one of the interviews, David Howard Thornton does do a Joker impression. And he sounded pretty close to... So that might have been him. It might have just been the actor for Art the, the, in that little... you know. So we got to essentially hear Art the Clown in that scene. But, yeah, I liked the dream sequence. I knew exactly what they were doing. They were paying homage to Freddy. Yeah. But I anyway, like. I did like when that girl got killed. The one that got killed, whose mother showed up, found her all skinned in her bed. Oh God, that was the big that, kill of this movie. Yeah, that that one, you know, pouring the pouring the alcohol and the salt on her was like, oh, I could feel it. I could just feel it. It was like, oh, you know, that was a good kill. I liked, and I felt sorry for the guy at the end. You know, getting stabbed in the fucking cock. That, and and it what it what what made me feel bad for him was was because he was actually being a nice guy. Oh, we'll drive her here. We you know he was trying to be you know understanding that this girl had some problems. Let me help her out. Yeah, he wanted to snort the coke and fuck the girl, but of course that's what you know you want to do. But he was nice to the other girl. I mean, the girl who was snorting coke and wanting to have sex—that was what she wanted. So he was just treating her the way she wanted to be. But he was being nice to us, you know, in the car, you know, oh, we'll, I'll drive her there. It's, it's not that too far out of the way. He was being a nice guy. And then just a tip. Yeah, <laughs> just a tip. Um, and, you know, he could be back in the third one because you didn't see him die. Nope. He just will be peckerless. Yeah. It, it might save him from getting in trouble in the future. At least he won't have to have any burden babies. No. I think that'd be a missed opportunity. It'd be a missed opportunity if they don't bring him back for the third one. You know, that's the only, that's one of the things that the, that I miss in horror movies. I don't know. You might think this is dumb, but it's because I guess Friday 13th and all that. I miss those guys who know what's going on, but no one listens to them because they're they're crazy. The old guys. Yes. The hell in them woods. I kind of wish there was somebody like that in these, in these art movies. It's got a death curse! (laughs) Yeah, I I, I missed that. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I I, I missed the crazy old man. 
I mean, maybe Dickless here from this movie from part two can come back and be that person in three and four. That I've had an awesome. encounter with Art. He took my cock. Killed my woman. So I don't yeah, know. That, it could. You never know. I'm not. I can't. You know, I can sit and guess. Oh, this this new movie I'm hearing about. Oh, the next Star Wars movie is probably going to be like this. Or the next Marvel movie is like this. I cannot even guess. Not even guess what he's going to do. Because he's doing his own thing. He's not following any kind of formula or anything. He's just whatever's coming out of his fucked up mind he's writing it down and he's filming it and he's he's it works for him it's, it works i'll tell you another thing i'm surprised about i'm surprised about the high fucking ratings that terrifier 2 has gotten you know the critic ratings are good the the obviously the viewer rate ratings are going to be great but like it's got a pretty high score on rotten tomatoes that shocks me yeah because usually people, when it comes to horror movies, either, I don't know, it always seems to me either you love it or hate it. There's not a lot of people who are like, eh, it was okay. Eh, it was okay. They're either, oh man, it was the greatest movie ever, or it sucked. Like, Halloween ends. I haven't seen a single person that has said, it's okay. I, it's either they fucking hate it or they fucking loved it. No, see, it's funny that you say that because I actually am in the middle of it. It's I did like it as a Halloween movie, but... It's it's not a good Michael Myers movie. I didn't love it, but I didn't dislike it. I uh, I really truly am like in the middle on it. See, then you are the first person that I have seen who's actually, eh, it's yeah. okay. So you but, are the first. But if I'm going, if I'm told I have to go one way or the other, I do like it. It it is a good movie, and it ha it does have a satisfying ending. No matter how quick that five seven seven minute ending is with the fight between Laurie and Michael. It is a satisfying ending, I think. Well, here's the funny thing, and it's probably going to make Michael J's blood boil because that's how he rolls. But because of every all the talk going on, I haven't even seen ends. And because of all the talk I've heard, I still haven't seen kills. What? <laughs> I haven't I'm seen kills, and I haven't seen ends. And I, I don't know now if I want to. Like, do I want to waste my time? Everybody says, you know, it's it's really Corey's story. It's like, do I want to, do I want to believe the memes and stay away, or do I just want to say fuck it and watch it? I don't know because I bought Kills. I just haven't watched it yet because I kept hearing all this bad stuff. Oh, here we go. go. Here we fucking go. <laughs> do it, motherfucker. Do it, motherfucker! <laughs> hey, I'm Michael J. I'm Michael J. I like fan films that are made for a slice of pizza, price of a pop, and the pizza pizza. And and if you make it for any more than a five dollar pepperoni pizza rooney, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're a hack. Michael J. Out. <laughs> You, you <laughs> I got him out of here. <laughs> you killed him. He was gonna rip Mike, me to shreds over Halloween. And you Mike, you him. better clip this. You better clip this. Just you better upload this clip from uh, so you can even out all of your fucking hate clips you've been uploading. Upload this one. <laughs> but I just it. That's why when it comes to movies, the internet has killed it for me. Sometimes it's like there's. I don't, 
back in the 80s, I'd go to get a movie. Oh, man, that movie sucks. Well, you're only one person. Uh, let, let me see it for myself, and, and I'll decide. But now when you have, you know, 5 million people on the Internet saying this movie sucks, you're kind of like, well, I mean, do I want to watch it now? Right. So, like I said, I haven't, you know, all, all I heard were, com- when Kills came out, all I heard were complaints. Oh, was that, did they really have to do all that fireman, kill all them firemen and do it all like that? Oh, Anthony Michael Hall is terrible in this movie. He ruined the whole movie. They should have got, it's like, it, it, it's, it, it, it influences me and agitates me and then makes me not want to watch it. Cause, and, and so I haven't watched them yet. I mean, Terrifier, it, you know, I, I loved it. And then I watched in two, as soon as I knew it was coming on screen box, I'm like, well, I know I'm watching it when, you know, but I just, but the Halloween movies, they just, I don't know. I just, too much bad publicity, I guess. And, you know, you, you make a good point about like in today's world, the majority opinion really does matter. And I hate to say that because you, you would rather have it form an opinion of your own, watch a movie on your own and, you know, decide on your own what you think about it. But yeah, now you would pretty much have to stay completely off the internet if you're planning on doing that. Right. I mean, um, back when I was a kid, if Cisco and Ebert said it was bad, all I was thinking was, eh, they're old men. What the fuck do they know? Yeah, they don't like horror movies. They they shit on all the horror movies. But when 10 million people in a horror chat group say it sucks, you're like, well, it must really fucking suck then. You know, Mm -hmm. so I'll probably watch it, but I just, but yet I've been telling myself that since Kills came out and I still haven't watched it. So I don't fucking know. The way I see the the Halloween, the, what's the guy's name that made those movies? David something green. He's got three names like a serial killer. Yeah. His trilogy, the way I view them is Halloween 2018. That's your classic Halloween movie. That's kind of, that was to play it safe. Halloween movie, right? David Gordon Green in 2018 sucks. Kills is, is great. And ends is the new best since curse. Forget what everybody else says. I'm right there. Okay, no one cares about your opinion, retard. We don't fucking care. Anyway, um, God, and Mike, you suck. You're a bully, dude. Lay off of the, the Sawyer mayonnaise massacre people and stop calling them hacks. Won't you go hack me up a fucking sandwich, bitch boy? How about that? <laughs> anyway, um, Halloween 2018 is the safe movie. I don't care what that retard has to say. Uh, Halloween 2018 is a good movie. It's it plays it safe, but it's not it's not bad because it doesn't it, you know it doesn't take any chances. Halloween Kills is a Michael Myers showcase. There's more kills in Halloween Kills than any of the other Halloween movies on their own. Do you know what I mean by that? I think there's right. actually like 31 kills in in Halloween Kills. I that's what I thought I heard. That could be wrong though. But there's a lot of fucking kills in Halloween Kills. Um the dialogue is super cheesy in Halloween Kills. It's super cheesy. I mean there's scenes where these these people like evil dies tonight. Evil dies. It's, it's fucking stupid, but um, and and it's a terrible uh Laurie Strode movie. It, you know, because she gets injured in 2018 and she doesn't really do anything in Halloween Kills. It's more of a like I said, it's more of a Michael Myers showcase. Um, but I like it. It's it's you know, and then ends is what they fucking wanted to do. You know, like they just basically said, well, fuck it. People are going to go watch this. It's our final one. We're going to do what we want to do. And that's what they did. 
Halloween Ends is a big troll. They they trolled everybody with that movie. They got our money. They they you know, and that's all they cared about. They made the I mean, movie everybody, they wanted. Everybody's like, oh, you see Michael Myers for like ten minutes. Well, he was barely in the very first one that John Carpenter did. You didn't see well, him. Yes, you saw but, you saw through his eyes, but you didn't see him do much till towards the end of the movie. Okay, but here's the thing. But here's the thing, though. He was made as a very, very strong presence in the original. He was well, yeah, the shape. You know, yeah, he, he was, was there. Yeah, he was just the one that was stalking the neighborhood, and, and it was an uneased feeling. The, the problem with Enns is he's a beat-up, pathetic old man who's weak. Like... He gets into a fight with a fucking teenager and he loses a fist fight and he loses the fight. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it is something like, I do agree with a lot of the points that people make about Halloween ends. It, it's a piss poor Michael Myers movie. It's worse than the curse of Michael Myers, which is by the way, that's the worst Halloween movie ever in existence. It's, it's, it's worse than any Halloween fan film. It's worse than anything Michael J could ever make. And you know, it's a bad movie. Halloween curse of Michael Myers. It's it sucks. Terrible fucking movie. It's what killed Donald Pleasance. You do know that, right? In incoming. I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting too. And unless he's off. There he is. Off. There, there he is. is. <laughs> he's still dying. Donald Pleasance or Mike? Oh. <laughs> are you gonna say anything? Or are you <laughs> No, he does that a lot. Hi everybody. <laughs> I'm Michael J and I have good opinions about fan films. <laughs> I'm a hack. Anyway. It's um, like this new it's like this new Crystal Lake TV show. Oh, it's gonna be a prequel. Okay, we saw the prequel in the first one when she tells the story, My Little Boy Drowned. And I mean it's like what could the prequel television show possibly be? I mean, is it going to show us that the mother was really super crazy and she beat Jason her whole life? And I mean, it's like, I don't understand how you can make a prequel. Oh, I mean, I'll tell you exactly me, what the, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what the fuck it's going to be, Paul. I mean, it's going to come out in 2023. Is that what they said? Yeah. Pamela Voorhees is going to be a fucking lesbo in that movie. That's what it's going to be. And that's what it's going to be all about. Pamela and her fucking butch girlfriend. They're raising uh, Jason Voorhees. And then the camp counselors are like, we don't like gay people because it's the 70s or whatever the fuck decade it was. And one of them, they accidentally kill the butch. And Pamela is like, no, the baby. That's, that's what the prequel is going to be all about. It's going to be Lesbo City. Pamela's a fucking dyke in that movie. I promise you. Because the guy who's doing it did like, did the Hannibal TV show and he's a good, he's a good producer and stuff. Oh yeah. It's like, they're already praising something. They don't know what it's going to be because it's him. Oh, he's doing well, it. It's going to be awesome. It's like, I, well, how do you know? I will tell you, I, I think, oh man, I always butcher the pronunciation of his name, but I think it's Brian Fuller or something like yeah, that. Brian Fuller. Yeah. Um, I do like his writing because I was a huge fan of the Hannibal TV show that only lasted three seasons. It was really good. It was a good show. He got fucked over there. It was a good show. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. I actually am intrigued by this concept of uh, this camp, this Crystal Lake prequel series. It could be good. It, it could end up being a banger. 
But I'm telling you, and I know I was joking about it two minutes ago, but I got a feeling it's seriously going to have some woke-ass fucking gay propaganda bullshit in it. I, I'm, I'm telling you now, clip this, guys, because I'm telling you right now, Pamela Voorhees is going to be a lesbo in the new series. I, I promise you. Anyway. Oh, that's what I wanted to bring up to you. In, in Terrifier 2, actually in both Terrifier movies, there's really no propaganda. There's no wokeness, really, for the most part. There's no PC. There's no gay couples. There's no interracial couples. There's no forced diversity. You get. I think there's one black character in either movie, and that's the second movie, the, the store guy, which he was cool. That was my favorite scene of the whole movie. Not because the guy died, but because of the way Art was fucking with her in the, uh, in the store before the guy died. But he also had a great death scene, too. Yeah. And that was one of the jump scares for me was when she goes, uh, oh, uh, I think I left my bat. And he said, slam, slam yeah. bag. I, I was like, whoa, because I didn't expect that. That freaked me the fuck out. But yeah, mm -hmm. that, that whole scene was really bizarre and creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you got to go back and take a look at uh, that guy's face when he's getting his head chopped off because he, he he did a great job making like his face look all, uh, you know, like what do you think? I, I love how he's holding his head, and the kid goes, wow, that is cool. And Art's, like, standing there like a mannequin holding the guy's head. And that kid Did you notice, you probably didn't notice, because I didn't notice, and I wouldn't know unless I seen it said in a YouTube video, but that mother and child looking through the store door and seeing that, that woman is the blonde girl from Halloween 5 in the oh. devil suit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, that's her. So there's all kinds of fucking cameos in the second movie. You just, you know, it's just, it's quick. Damn. And you could see how gotta, she turned out. She fucking survived Michael Myers and then she lost her mind and went off and had a fucking kid. And she looked miserable <laughs> in that scene. She looked miserable too. Like, come on, little Jimmy, let's go. We got Michael J. reviews to go watch. I guess it's because abortion was illegal in her state. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you're man, right. I, he didn't. He didn't try to force any agendas on gays or trans or anything. It was just a movie with regular people getting yeah. killed by a supernatural fucked up monster. And it, like, yeah, I, I I like that. I I don't have a problem with gay people. I don't have a problem with transgender people. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't need it in my face and force fed to me right. every second of every day. And, and I was just going to say that too, for anyone who doesn't know my sense of humor and is just tuning into this episode first, I, you know, I love all these movies from the eighties and nineties that, you know, yes, once in a while you would have a gay character. Fine. Look at bride of Chucky for an example. That was a great classic movie and that had a gay guy in it. So what? It wasn't forced. It wasn't thrown in your face. He was just a gay character. Um, and, you know, how many countless of movies have an original black character that was the star that in those movies were amazing? Dawn of the Dead, uh, Blade, you know, and it just countless of movies. So, you know, when, when they went to the store scene and, you know, the guy who was running the store there was black, I didn't care because it didn't feel forced. It was just a character in a movie. There's such a right. fine line between just putting all kinds of different people for characters and movies. There's a fine line between that and then forced motherfucking propaganda, which is right. what like gay if, Hollywood does. 
if you make a movie, whether it be horror or anything, and it takes place in L.A. or New York or San Francisco, and you have gay characters, okay, well, yeah, you have gay characters. If you're making a movie that takes place in Backwoods, Mississippi, and you have, like, two gay characters, like, I don't believe this, because mm-hmm. this is Backwoods, Mississippi. It's like, but people think you're just against it. It's like, I'm not against it. I just don't need it. I want it to feel natural. I don't want it to feel forced. Like, right. for example, like Star Wars. It, when they did that one Star Wars where there was the second one, the, the, the second of the new trilogy, where we find out that that one girl gives the other girl a kiss because they're getting ready to go fight, and we find out, oh, they're lesbians. We, did, we didn't really need that because they didn't focus on those characters at all. It's not like, you know, we were watching it and watching those characters. So sometimes they just force too much just yeah, so why that, you did, know. Why did they even tell you that as the viewer? Right. Why did you even need to know that at all? Maybe she just, right. what did she do? Just kiss the girl on the cheek? No, they. I think they kiss on. If I recall, they kiss on the mouth, and they're like, "Be careful, please come back to me." See, it's they like, didn't okay, like, right? They didn't have to do that. Now, if you they know, wanted I, to make you know Luke Skywalker gay, I'd be okay with it if he's gay the whole movie. But don't just give me a gay person for ten, for twenty <clears> seconds <throat> because you want to be able to show the world we had a gay person in our movie. I truly believe in my heart that the all these communities the gay community the black community the the trans the alphabet people anybody i don't think anybody feels like they need a character to represent themselves to in order for them to enjoy a movie and relate to the characters i for one as a disabled person do not ever need a disabled character in my favorite movies in order to enjoy the movie if anything it would be a distraction to me if there was a disabled character in a movie the only movie that comes to my mind with a disabled character in it that i I liked growing up was a full moon movie it was called sideshow have you seen that one no no i have not It it was either called sideshow or freak show um you know, someone help me out in the comments in the future on YouTube if you want. But it was a full moon movie, sideshow, freak show, one of those two names, and it had a disabled character in it. But it, you know, that was it. Like whatever, I, you know. So I, I, I just I don't understand. And I have a, a couple of black friends who I'll talk to about this, you know, once in a while, and even they say like, yeah, I, I don't feel the need to. For there always to be, have to be an interracial couple in every fucking movie for me to enjoy it. I don't feel not welcomed as a fan if there wasn't. So right. all this forced diversity, all this forced wokeness, get it the fuck out of here. No, especially for horror fans. We don't need it. Uh, you know, we, no. none of us fucking need it. We just oh, want to see dead people. Yeah, we just want to see chaos, blood and gore, a decent story, and hot bitches. That's another thing. Take us back to the age where women are sexualized on camera. Show me a titty. Show me a fucking ass cheek or something. I want to see nudity. I want to see women get objectified like they were fucking born to be. (laughs) Just saying. I've had a lot of quotes in this episode so far. A lot of stuff from Mike to uh, the clip, huh? But um, but like, I've, but like, but like I've heard you say a million times, you can say what you want because you can't get canceled because no one's watching. Right. Well, even when when even when the time comes that people start watching, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's Mike that's gonna have to deal with it. I ain't making no money off of this shit. I'm doing this just because if I wasn't doing this, I'd be sitting around my house with my dick in my hand, not doing anything. So. I'm going to do the, these shows and I'm going to be balls to the wall. And if anyone doesn't like it, hey, there's this little thing you can do is click off of the fucking show instead of sitting there whining about it. <laughs> He's defending me. 
suck my that's dick. What, you know, like that's it. another thing. That's another thing that upsets me. People like oh, I don't. All they do is complain. It's like, what kind of existence can you possibly have if all you do is watch stuff you hate just so you have something to bitch about? Right. Click off of it. Like what? this guy like, right over here with his, this guy over here with his freaking hating on uh, all these these fan films. If you don't like yeah. it, don't watch it. Mike, just click off of it. Like, you fucking loser. Why? Like, I mean, first of all, he makes these videos and he puts the camera so far, so close to his fucking face. And you see he's got he's cross-eyed, like one eye's going that way, the other eye's going that way. And he's like, I'm just trying to tell you that if you can make a movie for the slice of a pizza pizza, then I got you got my attention. And I'm Michael J. And I my opinions matter. Michael J, shut the fuck up. On behalf of every fan, filmmaker, producer, shut your fucking mouth. God damn. Come on back in and say something to me. I dare you, bitch boy. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> we really got off the... <laughs> He's still dying. Mike, you got a lot of clips for, for from this episode so far? <laughs> okay. He's going to go eat a piece of pizza that he bought with a film budget. And uh, we're going to finish our Terrifier conversation. So with all that being said about Terrifier 2, tell me overall what's your rating for Terrifier 2. Is it lower, higher than Terrifier 1? No, it's 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 actually higher. This one, I'll, I'll go to the, the five and the four and a half for this one. Really? Yeah. For the simple fact that I felt for me it's atmosphere, and like I said, that that's what gives it that extra half star for me is all that Italian feeling '80s synth music that just it just screamed, you know, it just took me back to a to my young adulthood and watching some of those great Italian horror movies, and that's all they used was you know synthesizers from the '80s, and it just I just loved it, and it gave that vibe too with that music. That, you know, the, how they stole this from all these Marvel movies. Because James Gunn uses a lot of that synth stuff in those, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff and the Thor. So it kind of like, you know, I, I know they didn't steal it, but it just, it just, it just, if you're using 80 synth music, you're hitting a nerve with me and I'm going to like your movie. You, you know, he could have had 50 people have diarrhea in the Terrifier 2 and I still would have gave it four and a half just off that damn synthesizer music. Um, yeah, I, you know, and for me, it's the exact opposite. I take away a half point for this movie because again, and it's all up to what personal taste is because like, there's so much that this movie gets right and gets better than the first one. Like the, obviously the kill scenes way better than this one, obviously, you know, they're torture scenes. They go on forever, but it's good because that's what you're wanting. So, you know, the blood and the gore and the death scene. And so I, I seen a couple of people complain that some scenes with the blood in it, it looks a little too bright and it looks, looks a little too unrealistic. But did anyone care about that with George Romero's Dawn of the Dead? No, because half the scenes in that movie look like paint. So what? Um, I personally didn't care that some of the blood didn't look realistic. Um, the death scenes were amazing. Um the characters I like, I do. I, I liked just about every character in this movie. Um, the Sienna's friend, uh, she didn't bother me. You know, she was the annoying girl 
but she didn't really bother me. She wasn't that good looking. You know, I think that I think Dickless could have done better than her, but whatever. Doesn't matter now for him. But um, right. she had a good death scene. I'd have to if there was one death scene in the movie that was the runner up to, you know, what everyone's favorite death scene was. And that was the alley alley's death scene. And I call that the pandemic death scene, too, because they also explained that the reason they were able to make that death scene so long is because that's they were just getting ready to shoot that scene when they got shut down in March of 2020. So then that okay. gave the director all kinds of extra time to build more props and build more stuff and just exp expand that death scene. So if anything, the pandemic kind of helped this movie. Yeah. But, um, you know, and obviously that was the best one out of all of them. Uh, but uh, the, the the blonde girl in the bathroom at the end, she had a really damn good death scene as well, I thought. Because that was a great weapon that he used. That fucking, yeah. I don't even know what you would call it, honestly. It looked like it looked like he put, that was that thing he was building with the, like, the leg, the leg, the, the table leg. Where he yeah. stuck all the stuff into it. I don't know what the, I know it was a table leg, but yeah, he shoved, like, everything he had in that thing. Yeah, it had, like, forks and knives and everything in it. Yeah. Um, and brutal. the fact that he attacked her kneecaps for like that, that made me flinch. Like, Ooh, the kneecaps, you know, like, um, yeah. and, and so that was a great, great death scene. Um, I, 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 I really went into this movie thinking that I was going to get bored with some of it could be in two hours and 18 minutes, but yeah, I don't think there was really any boring moments. I thought there was pointless moments. But at the same time, even the pointless moments were still entertaining enough to like, okay, you can keep it in, like whatever. Um, I am upset with the ending. You know, like we said earlier, I man, either either chop off that real ending with the pale girl girl carrying his head off, either cut that out or or cut out the 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 hospital scene, you know, where she gave birth to his head. You right. you can't have both. That, that that was that, that no that that was super confusing and that was kind of unprofessional in my opinion. Like I think they should have just kept the original ending and fuck if Jericho didn't make it in the second one, he could have been in the third one. I don't know. They could have still made him the father. They could have right. still made him the father. And I could have imagined him like looking like the pain maker, Chris Jericho, like he's looked in Japan and and when he oh, fought yeah. Nick Cage and AEW and all that shit. Um. So yeah, overall, I do love this movie. It, it's a solid four out of five for me. You know, the first one's a four and a half out of five. Again, to me, what wins me over is goddamn motherfucking pacing, pay and and that lightning in a bottle feel. The first one has that unreplaceable, it, you know, lightning in a bottle feel to it. It, it was the first one, and right. you got shocked. And surprised by the first one. And then the second one, the only thing they could do to shock and surprise you was just take the kill scenes even more overkill. Um, and again, I'm not knocking it for that. That's a great thing. I'm glad that the kill scenes were five, ten minute torture scenes, whatever the fuck. But um, yeah, overall, my favorite so far out of these two movies so far is the original by far. Uh, and it's the, the time too. You know, um, I'd much rather sit down and give multiple viewings to an hour and 24 minute movie that has great pacing than a two hour and 18 minute movie that has, that can't make up its mind on its own ending. Right. <clears throat> so, but I also feel like that with other franchises, you know, um, you know, arguably the very first scream movie is the best one out of all the screams. 
and maybe part two really reaches that. Um, for me personally, part two, when Randy transcends to Randy Christ, is the best that there is. Anyway, as I was saying, <clears throat> uh, Scream One is the best one. Part two sucks, and uh, probably Part Three is the best one out of all that franchise. No, I'm kidding. I don't like Part Three. Um, another franchise that I really that comes to my mind that I love the original the most is Child's Play. I think yeah. the very first Child's Play movie has damn near perfect pacing. I like that because if you think about it, in the first like few kills. They don't show that it's Chucky, and you kind of wonder: Is it Andy? Is right. it like it? What? What? And so that the, that first movie had that mystique that uh, you know what I mean. Like I don't know. Right. It's, 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 I always think about the Chucky movie. Like yeah, that first one, Child's Play one. That that's and I know a lot of people. A lot of people gravitate towards the second one, and I I think the majority of the fan base considers Child's Play two the best one out of that franchise. But I like the first one the best. It's like, it's like for, right. It's like for me, I like the I like all I own all the Saw films, but the first one was the best. Um, and another example for me would be uh Rob Zombie's um Devil's Rejects trilogy. I don't think anyone likes the third one. I think most people like Devil's Rejects, but I prefer House of a Thousand Corpses. I just I like the vibe of that first one. Yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses is my favorite of the three. And like yeah. I'm not a I'm not a Rob Zombie hater like most people. I did not like 31 though. I it wasn't I it just didn't grab me. Just like the third the the third movie the, the in the Devil's Rejects that one didn't grab me. Oh but god, like, that was that was his worst. Uh, right. uh 3 from Hell that was the worst movie he's ever done. Right. And and I have now I haven't seen the monsters yet, so I can't say you mm. know, Now when it comes to Rob Zombie movies, 10 million people could tell me it would suck. I'm still going to watch it because I've been down that road and I know Rob Zombie, I know his I know his movies and I'm going to probably, I'm either going to hate it or I'm going to like it. There's going to be no middle road, but I will watch it eventually for myself. Mm -hmm. because it, you know, I, 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 I might be, I might find joy in it because everybody, Oh, it's too campy. Well, the monsters were campy. So I don't know what you're going on about, but yeah. What are you talking about? That's all that the monsters were. Um, I I do have a sincere appreciation for Rob Zombie's, like movie making style because he's a very vulgar person and it comes through in every one of his movies. There's always some dark humor, some really graphic dialogue, a lot of vulgarity. And I appreciate that. I love that about his movies. I, I, I can't say that any of his movies are my, like my all time favorites. I don't love his movies that much. Um, but I do like a majority of his movies. Uh, I thought that his first Halloween movie was pretty good. That movie has a flair to it that no other Halloween movie has. Right. It gave us a lot more backstory on uh, a young Michael Myers too. Yeah. Which I think kind of was, was good. And that was the one thing that was always missing. I felt from the original that, you know, okay, we, we he killed his sister, but it just, you know, and then next thing we know, he's an adult escaping the hospital. I kind of liked seeing all this stuff, you know, him being picked on, as an adult by the, you know, by the uh, orderlies. So I, I like that we got a little bit more of a Michael Myers backstory, you know. Yeah. Use of stepfather. Yeah, I, I thought all that was good. I almost wonder if that's the route that Terrifier 3 should take, where you, you take a good first half of the movie, do that as an origin story for art, and then do the rest of the movie in current time. Because I would love to see that. Because like I said, I don't, 
everything about art is awesome, but at the same time, it, it confuses me. Like, yeah. You know, he, he shot, he goes, shot himself in the head and he's had his head chopped off. We know he's going to come back. It's like, is he, is he, you know, what, if he's supernatural, is he a demon? Is he an alien? I mean, you know, he could be anything. Yeah, I I am looking for. I mean, I'm looking forward to what they're gonna do with it, but I'm also a little scared because like they really could take it so far off the rails that it just completely disconnects with the fan base. And I honestly thought this one was gonna disconnect a little bit with the fan base. And I think the only reason it didn't is because people were just flat out craving more Art the Clown and more crazy fucking kills that to where that everyone just forgave it for its outlandish what the fuck moments and storytelling in this movie. Now that's the thing. Cause I think he's going to continue to go down that route of the, what the fuck explanations. And I don't think people, again, mark my words on this, on this episode, I don't think the fan base will be as receptive to terrifier three as they were with this one. And I wonder if some of the stories that came out of it, you know, like you, you said two people left. I know there, I know people did leave. You know, I, I don't know about the rumors of people throwing up is true. I mean, I could see some people who don't like, you know, oh, it was scat. <clears throat> I get that. But I don't, I don't, uh, I wonder if some people were influenced by, oh, well, I'm going to go see it because I heard all these people left the theater. So they went into it like, you know, thinking. So when they saw what they saw, they're like, oh, I can see why someone left and it made it more enjoyable to them. Oh, if it uh, had- of course. Of course, that was a huge reason why it got so much money and so much people, so many people going to see it. Because it was that, like, it became the movie became almost an urban legend, you know? Like, right. oh, did you hear this movie? People are passing out and paramedics getting called and people are throwing up. And, you know, we got to go see this, you know? And of course, of course. It's like the circus sideshow of movies, you know? Go see the bearded lady. Go see. That's kind of, you know, it's like. I think it's going to open the doors for more directors to show a little bit of balls instead of being, oh, the MPAA is going to come get me and take my movies. And so well, I'm hoping it influences some directors to just do what the fuck you want to do. Don't well, care. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, my main thing is I hope it, it encourages um, filmmakers to, to make their movies more graphic because I do miss the 80s style of, of uh graphic violence you know you, you didn't have it in your big franchises like nightmare on elm street halloween and friday the 13th those movies vi- the violence in those movies for the most part was pretty fucking tame even by that yeah. those days standards especially by today's standards but you looked at some of the other movies that you know like some of the um you know some of the brian usna films you know like reanimator and and uh basket case and you know brain damage and some of those obscure horror movies from the 80s and and early 90s like those movies are graphic as fuck because they didn't get a big ad campaign they didn't go to theaters and all that so that's what i'm hoping that the terrifier franchise as a whole does for the horror genre let let i hope it shows all these young aspiring uh, you know uh actors and uh movie producers to they can see like holy shit this is what people want all over again graphic right. fucking violence and that is i mean what we want. the friday 13th uh six seven and and eight they were ruined because paramount uh cut you know there was so much violence that was cut out of those oh well we got to get an r rating we got to get in the theaters we can't that's what I say. When it comes to the studios, let's hope this is a wake up call that they need to, you know, hey, the director wants to do this. Well, just let them do it. Fuck it. We don't care. 
It's going to make us yeah. money. Just do it. They need to, the studios need to stay the fuck out of it. That's what they need to do. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch the, did you ever get to see the unrated version of, uh, a dream child nightmare on Elm street five? No, I have a Blu-ray box set, but I don't think it has the unedited. It doesn't. It, the the, okay. the unrated version of part five is out of print. It was only on okay. VHS. Yeah, um, I've never seen it. <clears throat> it's kind of like the unrated version of Hellraiser 3. There's, I don't believe, unless, unless, well, no, 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 no. Okay, wait a minute. That Scarlet box set that I didn't end up getting to, to purchase for whatever reason, I believe it has the 97-minute unrated cut of Hellraiser 3. But basically, some of these movies did have unrated versions, kind of like how um, there's an uncut version of Friday the 13th 1 and 2 now, or is it just yeah, still 1? I think it might be 1. I have to look in my screen box set, but I know one of them, maybe two, both of them are uncut. I'm, I'm not completely yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, some of these movies did get unrated versions. They just were like, you could barely find them. And I know I've told this story on another show in the past, but I'm going to tell it again. I, when I was a kid... I fucking, I would go to the video stores, rent these movies, and if I liked them enough, my parents would eventually buy them for me. And I never knew that there was a such thing as different versions of movies. So when we'd go to the video store, they would all, I, I kept renting Hellraiser 3, and it was the unrated version, which I didn't even know, like, there was any other, I didn't know what that even meant. And I, I knew the, the movie so well, I knew every single scene of it. But then they eventually took me to Suncoast and bought me the movie, which I was so fucking happy. Like, oh, yeah, I get to own this movie now. Watch it whenever I want. And it was the fucking R-rated version. And I kept telling my mom, like, mom, this movie's defective. I and mean, what do you mean? It, it, it's missing scenes. So I remember this one time she took – we. I talked her into us taking the, the VHS back to Suncoast. And she tried to explain to him that there, this guy, that there was something wrong with it, that it's missing scenes. And the guy just looked at us like we were trying to scam him or something like that. And he, he, yeah, he copped an attitude with us. Like, ma'am, it's a movie. What do you mean it's missing scenes? There's no such thing. And, and oh my God, it, it was a big old thing. But yeah, I didn't end up getting ever really getting the unrated version of Hellraiser 3 and, until much, much later. Um, and then I think in the mid-2000s, they came out with a DVD release, and it wasn't even the complete unrated version, but wasn't the R-rated version. It was like a 93-minute like hybrid cut where it had oh. like most of the death scenes in it back intact, but it had some of the exposition scenes not intact. So I didn't even know that that version existed. I thought it was just a 91-minute R-rated cut and a 97-minute unrated cut but here we got a fucking 93 minute must have been a canadian cut of the film or something but anyway i digress um you know the the a lot of these movies they have unrated versions certain you know certain movies and big franchises and uh yeah same thing with nightmare part five uh it had a lot more of the special effects back intact in in the unrated version than what you ever got in the r-rated version of that movie and that's that sucks that's why when horror movies come out now on DVD, unless it says unrated version included, I wait because I know they're going to eventually release an unrated version. Yeah. So like, well, like when I bought Halloween Kills, if it didn't say you know uncensored version, <coughs> or the, you know, a different cut in there, I would have not bought it. I would have waited because you know that's what they do. Like when my the I I I I might be wrong, but I think my original two Rob Zombie Halloween films. Are different cuts 
than the ones that came in the shout factory box. I think I'm not hundred percent sure, but I, I think will say different. I do prefer the R rated cut of Halloween's of uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. Oh, you but do especially the, yeah, because especially the first one, because in the first one in the R rated cut, he breaks out of the asylum by killing a bunch of those orderlies. But in the unrated cut, there's a fucking rape scene that he walks in on, and then he like kills the guy, and then he kill like you know, it just really, right. it was weird. And I'm not one of those people. I don't get my panties in a bunch over a fucking rape scene in a movie. I I love movies like Last House on the Left and I Spit on Your Grave. I think if anything, I think rape revenge movies should come back. I really do. I, I mean, they they did the remake of I Spit on Your Grave and they did two sequels to it. And those movies are badass. I I think all three of them are great. Um, but anyway, I but but when it comes to Halloween though, did we really need a rape scene? in Halloween? Like, I, I don't know. So, I do prefer the R-rated cut of Rob Zombie's first Halloween. Um, I don't remember enough about the second one and what the differences were, but I know there were certain significant differences, um, so I don't know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, unrated cuts, we could do a whole episode in the future, you know, <laughs> on just unrated cuts versus R-rated cuts of, of certain horror movies. Um you know, I it, it's one of the things that always comes to my mind is the fact that we'll never ever get to see a director's cut of Event Horizon, and that's a great fucking movie. Yeah, Paul Anderson said a lot of that stuff from that whole flashback scene is destroyed. Like it, it didn't get properly stored, and it just ended up getting destroyed. And that's what a lot of people want to see. They want to see that extended scene of them doing all that murder and orgy shit that was going on there. But he says it's just never going to happen because the scene yeah. is gone sucks that's such a fantastic yeah. movie I, I don't i can't believe that movie got panned as much as it did i love it to death i thought it had everything it had horror which is a favorite of mine it had sci-fi which is a favorite of mine and all the actors in the movie i mean this is gonna sound you know i'm gonna you know sound like a little fruit basket here but the the black guy who was the uh uh the captain of the ship he was in a TV show called Judging Amy, and I was a big fan of that show, so I liked him. And um, there was a show on MTV. I cannot fucking for the life of me remember it, but the kid, remember the kid in uh, Event Horizon who he said, you know, he went out there to catch him. He said, blow, you know, blow your air out, and I, you know, that kid. His name is Jack Noseworthy. Um, he was on this weird TV show that was on MTV back in the nineties about. I can't remember much about it, but it was just a weird fucking show. I, so I already knew him when I saw it. it th that whole movie felt like it had everything for someone like me. And that's why I loved it. I thought it was one of the greatest horror sci-fi movies I had seen in a very long yeah. time. And it's fucking scary. Like, I love horror movies that deal with this idea, asking the question, what's out there? Like, right. what is beyond human life? What is in space? Another movie that comes to my mind is Martyrs. If you Have you ever seen that? Didn't that we bring this up the, before? That was a fucking brutal act. That's the one where the girl did. Now, are you? Did you? You're talking about the French version, correct? Not yeah, I'm. Not, yeah. We're not. Don't even talk to me about the fucking American <laughs> remake. That that movie should not exist. It, it, it besmirched the fucking original. Yeah, that movie was brutal, and I loved it. I, for I I don't. I'm not one of those kind of guys that just want to see brutality for brutality's sake. I want it to make sense. In Martyrs, it made sense. It was revenge. She was look, you know, so it made sense. I don't want to see 
like the brutality and terrifier did he do it just to tear just for the sake of it i don't know but it fit the character that he created of art so it didn't bother me but like uh, you know like i can't come up with an example quick off my head of a movie but like i'm sure there's certain horror movies out there like if it was like like if Michael Myers did a total brutal scene, like skinning someone and pouring salt on them, I'd be like, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Michael Myers doesn't do brutality. He just kills you and that's that. You know what I'm saying? I know he brutalized all the firemen, but I'm talking about in the early years of, you know, Halloween 1, 2. It was, you know, he stabbed you, he'd do something to you, and that would be the end of it. it he didn't like, you know, torture you. But I do like brutality when it's when it's done well. Like Martyrs is one of my favorite brutalities. You know, where it's like it, it, and it, it has a, it has one of the scariest concept in a movie because of the whole like the cult wanting to know what's after human life and just you know like the way that that girl told it she whispered to that old woman what she saw and then that old woman killed herself because that's a well and it's like what did she hear it must have been she didn't so want, yeah she didn't want them to know she wanted to die she wanted to be the only person that knew so she found out and then killed herself she was being greedy she didn't want to share it with the rest of the group. Yeah. So, like, movies like that that have such a profound, interesting ending like that. Like, yeah, I like that shit. Um, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, Terrifier 2 doesn't have that type of ending, though. <laughs> no. No. Um, Real quick here, because I was going to bring it up a few minutes ago, because um, you were talking about how sometimes you don't want to buy movies on home media because you know they're eventually going to come out with an unrated or an uncut version. I felt that I felt just the same way what with uh, Evil Dead 2013. You know, when I remember <clears throat> reading interviews with the director before it even hit theater and he flat out said that the version that's coming to theaters is not even my version. It's it's, you know, it's cut down by a little bit. Um but then when the movie was out, he changed his tone and said, no, 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 the, the version that's in theaters, that is the director's cut. That's the full version of the movie. And I'm thinking, like, motherfucker, I saw you say something different. So the studio told you to say something different. So right. I knew, I didn't think it was going to take as long as it fucking did, but I knew they were eventually going to come out with an unrated version of that movie. I knew it. Yeah. Right. I don't know which version I have. I have it on Blu-ray, but I don't know if it's the uncut. I don't know if the uncut's only in 4K. I don't know. But when that was that was the movie that did it for me because I remember hearing him say that's the cut. So when it came out, I bought it, you know, not thinking. And then when they said that, I was like, okay, no more, not for me. Like the Terrifier. If I do buy it, I, I obviously I'm not going to need to wait because that's it. There's nothing like you even said. There's no deleted scenes. We have the director's cut. So I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to buy it yet. I don't. It's just, it's still on streaming, but I'm not the kind of person that's like, well, it's streaming now. I don't mind throwing, you know, 20 bucks in dude's pocket. I know he, well, I know he made, ten, I know he made 10 million, but I don't mind giving him $20 of my money. I mean, it was, it was a, you know, and a little, a little exclusive here. Um, that's actually M Michael J is buying me uh, Terrifier Two on Blu-ray as a Christmas present, I believe. And uh, so, thank you, Michael J. I appreciate that. Um, you're still a hack when it comes to movie reviews, but <laughs> hey, that's neither here nor there. Um, but no, the main reason I want Terrifier Two on Blu-ray is because I want, I want to listen to that fucking commentary track. See, now that's that that I'd like to listen to. That I like. I'm probably gonna buy it anyway, 
But I'm I don't mind throwing money his way, but I might have to throw money his way when it's on sale. I don't know. I know the Walmart. Yeah, I'm cheap. I know the Walmart has uh, a really cool steel case, but I think they're sold out of it already. You'll, it, it, you'll buy all those fucking desserts, snacks, and all those things that's fucking up your diabetes even worse, but you you want to wait until a movie goes on sale to buy it. You cheap motherfucking bastard. It's, it's because a movie entertains me, but cakes and candies will make me die happy. Terrifier's <laughs> not... I'm not going to die from watching Terrifier, but them cookies and cupcakes are going to kill me. And at least when I'm laying in bed covered in my creamy sauce, I can be like, oh, I died in heaven. Please don't say creamy sauce ever again. I don't I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that we can't end on that subject any better way than what we just did. So... And our final few moments before we end this episode, let's talk about a few random things here. I um I watched you and Aaron's Film Junkie uh, episode, that your favorite death scenes and whatever. You guys, I swear, for, for a show that's supposed to be all about B-movies, you guys sure as shit picked the death scenes from fucking mainstream horror movies only, for the most part. You know, fucking well, nerd. He, he, he sprung it on me last minute, so I didn't have a lot of... Most of those death scenes were his, and I had to sit there and come up with something quick. And the first thing that pops into my head is a lot of mainstream stuff. Was there you anything know, yeah. in there from Ricky O, from Itchy the Killer, from The Machine Girl, from any classic Japanese movies? No, because I no. don't do well when I'm on the spot. When I'm on the spot, I don't do well. You know, when I get pulled over, it goes, do you got anything in the car? Two dead bodies in a fucking vial of coke, man. I swear to God, that's all I got. I crack under pressure, so... I picked shitty. I, I didn't pick some of the classic deaths. That's okay. I forgive you. But there was one interesting moment in that episode that I told myself I have to put you on the spot about when we do our show. You guys got into a small little topic of video games, and you started holding up video games that you have that you play and all that, and you hold up you held up a game that I didn't even know fucking existed. And, buddy, I'm going to need a goddamn explanation on this game. Do you have any idea what game I'm talking about? The fuck if I know. I showed a lot of games that day. I don't know. Which one was it? Was it, yeah. was it, the, was it, was it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? No, but I didn't know that existed either. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, it, Bruce Lee? No, no, no. You want to try one more? Third time's a charm? Robotech? No, nope, you're out of guesses. It was the fucking Playboy game. Oh! Yeah, Playboy. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Had I known that game existed back when I was a kid, I would have bought it. What the fuck do you do in that game? Is there nudity on that, ba on that back? What, yeah. nudity? M strong yeah, sexual nudity. Con, use of alcohol? Show me the pictures. Is there titties on that picture? I don't know. I'm lucky and I have the book. Usually you don't see a lot of let me see if there's any... No, there's no... There's no pictures, I don't think. No. Is there any pictures okay. on the back of the box? Um. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, titties? I, hold on, I saw a chick with her hair up. Titties? I, just, all right, god damn it. Everyone, we all want to see titties. No, no. It's, Xbox it's titties. Just a, it's a replica of the Playboy magazine, but oh. you can do it with titties. But Yeah, yes, no, she... That. 
it yeah. does have it does have nudity. Here's the back of the box. Oh, there's, yeah. There's young Hugh Hefner and yeah, he looks like a queer in that. Yeah, there's some yeah. hot chicks. It lo it looks like the back yeah. cover art of like a uh, Dead or Alive game or something like that. You yeah, you. It's basically The Sims. You have to create your empire every month. You have to you have to hire writers and photographers. You get to do. You have to have writers write articles. They can interview celebrities. Um, it's actually got uh, a pool room and an orgy room, and what? you don't see you don't see vag. But you do see tits, tits everywhere. You can have the, you can have all the females walking around the house with no tops on the whole game. And you know when they have sex, you can take, you can do your photo shoots. You get to pose them. So yeah, it's got total just just boobs. This is the only game besides BMX XXX, which I do have that one too. That has I did. nudity. I had that one yeah. too. I I did have that one. Yeah, I didn't I even get the complete. I didn't even get to complete that game. I just got the cheat codes to unlock the videos at the end. And boy, did I oh, jerk my meat to those! All the strippers, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But this, but this was the this one, and I think are the only two console games that ever had. You know, there's been games like I have a game down here that's got nudity. It's called. Uh, it's called Indigo Prophecy. Um, I, it I does have. It does have a nude scene in it, but it's just, uh, it's nothing. It ain't like Playboy. It's not sexualized, but it's just, right. like, I think she's in the shower. But yeah, I have a lot of, you know, I have a lot of classic well, Legends of Wrestling too. Okay. But yeah, right. I, have a, I don't really care about the rest of your game collection right now. I just wanted to talk about that Playboy <laughs> game for yeah. a minute. I think it's just an R rated. Yeah, it's just an R rated Sims game. Yes, because you could you can invite people over and then you go to the swimming pool and you can have a threesome and stuff like that. So yeah, but you're Hugh Hefner. You get to invite people and it it it's not bad. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's the Sims game, but without the blurring. You know, when when the Sims take a shower, everything's blurry. It's just like the Sims. They even make it, the noises like the Sims. Oh, yeah. it's like oh <laughs> like that. Yeah, so it's not. It, it's a fun game. The it only other game like, that I, it, it kind of sounds like Michael J when he's laughing. The only other game that I have that has some nudity in it that's Playboy related. There was a game called Mafia Mafia Two. I do Mafia remember Three. That. Yeah, you could collect old Playboy magazines, and then when you'd un, you'd collect them, and then it would unlock in the pause menu. You could actually look at the centerfolds and stuff. But this one it was like you could. You could the whole game. Every every chick that comes in would, could be topless the whole game. So I mean, if you know, if you were very desperate, I'm sure you could bust a nut to some of that Playboy game if you really yeah, tried no. hard. When I was a kid, I had this one game. It was like a space. I think it was the remake of Defender for Xbox. And there's this one scene you could just set your ship down on a on a platform without getting attacked, and it just made your your Xbox controller just rumble like fucking crazy. <laughs> and this one day, I just put it on my crippled little penis, and I was like, and I came. I, I can't lie, I came. Yeah, it it was it was it was rough for us when we were young. We didn't have the internet yet. We didn't have if if you were lucky to find your dad's porn magazines or something, you'd be happy. So most of us guys just used the Sears catalog and what looked at the girls in the bras. Mm -hmm. I would just go to the Sears store and take a look at the mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot to put a top on this mannequin. Oh boy, what a day. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, speaking of nudity in video games, did I can't remember if I asked you this before, but did you ever play House of the Dead Overkill on the Wii? I played it, yes, if I recall correctly. I get those, I get all those House of the Deads confused, but I probably did play it. Yeah, this one was the one where it was over the top with the vulgarity and the the Isaac Washington character. He was basically like um, the, the black guy that cusses a lot. The motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. What's his name? Sam- Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he was basically like Samuel L. Jackson. And um, yeah, I, that was. That I think one. I do. I think I do recall. I think I did play it. I don't think well, I got. I don't think I was any good at it. But I think I played. Oh, it. that game was easy as fuck. You had unlimited continues. Anyone, a fucking retard that you drive home and back to work or whatever could fix that could finish that game. Anyway, um, at the end of that game, the final boss is a big birthing mother, and she's naked, and her fucking titties, her huge monstrous titties, are flopping all over the place. It's gross. So that I guess that counts as nudity in a game. It's weird how video games can have nudity if it feels like it's natural or if it's disturbing. But if you're gonna have a sex scene, everybody's got to be covered up. Mm-hmm. Like the sex scene, the sex scenes in the there's a lot of romance and sex in uh, uh, that stupid. I love it. It's an awesome game. The the one that has it's a trilogy. Mass Effect. You know, you could have relationships with the aliens, and there's a sex scene at the end, but it's all like cut so you don't see nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, so it's like boring. You, you, yeah, you can show monster boobs, but you can't show alien boobs if they're having sex, because then that's sexual. Like, right, yeah. right, right. So, moving on to one last tiny little subject before we sign off here. Uh, you want to talk some wrestling before we, we went. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Um, what, what's on your mind? Well, I watched I watched the main event of Crown Jewel, and I'm going to lay it out here, and people can boo me, hiss me, roll my egg my house, whatever. I thought Logan Paul is a fucking awesome wrestler. And I think that dude has a future if he really tries hard because that match with him and Roman was fucking spectacular. The shit he did, you you can't, the shit that he did doesn't look like someone who's only had three matches. Shawn Michaels has been training him and the dude's been paying attention. It was magnificent. It was magnificent. He, he even did Adam Page's uh, uh, finishing move. Yeah, he did it, and he did it awesome. Now, you can go online and look, and everybody's hating on him for stealing his move, but I don't care. He did it. He fucking did it. It's done and over with, and it was awesome. So, yes, I think Logan Paul, great wrestler. I'm going to say that. That's the first thing I'm going to say about wrestling. I know I'm going to get hated, but shit. I have heard nothing but good things about him since he got signed under Triple H, and uh, I'm shit. Maybe I'll go watch that match just to see for myself if he's the real deal. Not that I'll go back to watching WWE, though. I, Dude, I can't. I can't go back to watching WWE. Well, me and the wife have gone back because at one point in time, AEW was the savior of wrestling. And Vince was killing it. And me and the wife, the way we feel now, Triple H is saving it. And Tony Khan. Tony Khan's not actually killing it. He's just letting his company get out of hand, I feel. Yes, but it's only... It's temporary, though. I don't think... He, they went through a bad year, and and that is thanks to goddamn CM Punk. Like, let's be fucking real about that. All these problems. I mean, yes, there was little, there was little instances between what um, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. There is an yeah. incident between them two. 
I think there was another backstage altercation, but nothing caught media attention big time except for CM Punk and the Elite. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Kenny. I don't think uh, uh, Kings. Not Kingston. Uh, uh, what's his name? You just mentioned him. Uh, Sammy Guevara. Yeah, Eddie. No, no, no oh, the Eddie, other Kingston. One. Eddie, yeah, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston. I don't think he likes anybody. Just I think he's like. I think there's like two or three people there he likes, but Eddie Kingston will do the job. He'll work with you. Uh, if you want me to lose to this guy, I'll lose to this guy. You want me to win to this guy, I'll win to this guy. I don't like this guy, but I'll do the job because you're my boss and I'm a wrestler. At least Eddie Kingston will work. He may not like you and he may hate your guts, but he'll wrestle you. He wrestled Punk and he can't stand him. So at least Eddie, I think Eddie Kingston has an awesome work ethic, but you're right. I, as much of a fan of Punk as I was, I'm not anymore. You know, I'm not going to go and burn my DVD that he had on WWE. I'm not going to say, because when he was in WWE, he had one hell of a run. Yeah, like something happened. Something happened to him, and his ego blew up. And he's he 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 could have had the greatest comeback in the history of the business, and he fucked it up. Yeah, and because like I think he he's not passionate about wrestling. He's not passionate about the fans. He just wanted to make more money. Exactly, because his MMA thing didn't work out. And and, and he's I, immature. I, he's immature yeah. as fuck. I mean. You know, I see a lot of guys, like Roman Reigns said in an interview yesterday, or the other day, they asked him about Punk. He said, well, if Punk came back to the WWE, I'd work with him. He goes, I hate the guy, I can't stand him, but I'd work with him because we'd make money. That That's what this business is. Work with somebody to make some money. Get yeah. those pay-per-view buys and do all that. But he doesn't want, like, why would it have been so hard for him just to say, look, Tony, I don't get along with Colt Cabana, so keep us on separate sides of the building. And I don't want to work with them and then left it at that. But trying to get them completely, you know, don't resign them. That, that that was kind of bullshit right there. Don't try to take another man's, you know, work, work away from him is, you know, that's how he feeds his family, dude. Don't, don't do that. That's just well, wrong. And because I do think there for a while, I think Tony Khan was listening to every one of Punk's requests and demands. Right. You know, he thought that Punk really was going to be the, the savior of AEW and he ended up causing more damage to the company more so than anything. Did right. you watch this past week's episode of a, of dynamite? No, I didn't see Cause, what happened. Cause Colt Cabana had a surprise match on With dynamite. Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. He and lost, like, did, he, did he, did he lose? Did no, he lost, he lost, but it wasn't a squash match. It was actually a pretty good match. So Jericho really showed, let him showcase his shit. He took a beating from him. In my opinion, yeah. Colt Cabana got some good shit on him. It wasn't a squash match. It, it lasted a little while. Um, but, like, I, I don't care what anybody says. I took it as a total, like, hey, we're done with Punk. We're bringing, you know, yeah. some of these people back. And they're already airing vignettes for the Elite to come back. Oh, they they started doing the vignettes. Okay. Yeah, and the and the vignettes that David Aaron are, are really interesting too. Um, they're what it is. It's they're they're showing somebody doing video editing, and they're showing first the pay per view where the elite won the trios tag team t championships, and then they showed a graphic of them as champions, and then it it, it showed the them editing it out, like fading it out and replacing it with you know, um, death triangle. And that's okay. the whole, that's the, that's the concept of these vignettes. Uh, it, they're basically showing that the elite got erased, but now they're coming back. This it's, I think it's interesting. The vignettes look them up on YouTube. See, I think, I think that, um, I don't like Adam page. I just, I don't think he, 
he's a good wrestler, but I don't think he's got any charisma, so he doesn't pull me in. But I think do I blame Punk for like ninety nine percent of what happened? But Tony Khan should have when 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 uh Paige did what he did that night, he should have said, Look, you can't do that. And he should have maybe suspended him for a month or a week or whatever, just to show Punk, like, look, I took care of it. But cause it but whatever that started something that never simmered. And then when they had that scrum and Punk went completely off and then everybody fought, I Tony should have squashed that before it got that bad. And I yeah. don't I think I think Tony was trying to He's you no. Know, he looks through the fans' eyes too much, and he's like, "Oh, this is going to end up being some cool. I'm going to be able to work into a story." And it's like, like with MJF, all the bullshit that went down between him, Tony, and MJF turned out to work out wonderful. He he did his piece. He was yeah, on for a while, and then he came back, and people love him and cheer him, even though he, you know, because because MJF is a company guy, and he's he's loyal right. to Tony Khan. That's why it worked out. But Punk didn't give a fuck. And you know, no. Tony Khan, he's so young. It, it, like, what is he like? Is he 40? Is he 39, 40 years old? He is still he's, like, he's a fanboy. And I'm not saying right. that as a bad thing, but that's why I think his show and his brand and the reputation is coming off as a bit of like a Jerry Springer show almost. Yeah, he needs to have some people. Vince had people that he trusted, even though Vince. Vince was only messing up towards the end because I think he's just getting old. I think he was getting, I literally think he was just old and out of touch. But he built the empire that he retired from. He did build that. You know, he took it, bought it from his dad and turned it into this multi billion dollar company. But he had, he still had people under him that helped him run things. And Tony's trying to do it all on his own. Now, I know he signed Jericho to an extension and, and Mox to an extension, and they're going to help him backstage. And he's been getting, a lot of help from Tony Schiavone backstage. But unless he lets other people help him make decisions, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. He's the final say. Because sometimes Vince would be like, you know, in the early years, whatever was going on with the champion was all him. But some of these undercard matches, he just let their producer, you know, oh, I trust Pat Patterson. Whatever he says is fine with me. So that's what Tony needs. He needs to, if he wants to concentrate on the on the top of the card, that's fine. But then he needs to let some of these other producers and agents decide what's going to happen for the undercard. And then I yeah. think that would help. But he tries to do too much. Too, too much. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely think this is just a bump in the road for AEW. I don't think they're going down. I don't think that this is going to destroy them. It's just right now, like like you said on the phone the other day, WWE is the baby face all over again because Triple mm -hmm. H, everyone loves Triple H. Everyone knows Triple H can put together a good product with good storytelling, good character development. And so WWE is like, I don't want to call them the underdogs, but they're, all, you know, they're like, okay, we're all rooting for WWE again. And AEW is now like, oh, look, they're having some drama and they're on their play field on, you know, on the, on, you know what I mean? Like, so let's, let's right. get on them about it. And that's all it is. I, you know, AEW technically is growing, you know, right. their audience, they're, they're not losing audience for the most part. No. They're still making a shit ton of money uh, there. I know for a fact their live events have been better because I've been going to them in Cleveland. So I'm not worried about AEW going out of business because they won't. I'm just worried that they're going to turn into TNA. TNA is a shell of its former self. It's just, I remember, you know, when Jarrett ran it, I like, at one point in time, I thought TNA was awesome. The whole Aces and Eights. I know a lot of people hated that shit, but I thought that shit was good. So no, I like, like I know, liked Aces and Eights. I liked it. But now look at TNA. 
I mean, really, if you analyze it, break it down. I mean, they're they're nothing. But well, like it's not, Ring it's, of it's Honor, not TNA, it's Impact now. Right. I wish, I <laughs> wish Tony would take Ring of Honor, find a network for it, put it on TV, and take some of these guys on Dark who are upset they're not on TV, and put them on Ring of Honor to start making some of these guys happy. But he bought Ring of Honor, and it feels like it's an afterthought. Oh yeah, by the way, we're gonna have a Ring of Honor title match tonight. Well, separate <clears throat> separate them. From what I heard, that is the plan. He's trying to get a network for it, okay. or he's trying to get some sort of streaming service going for AEW. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's waiting for HBO Max and Warner uh, uh, Discovery Plus to merge because I I do think both those uh, services are supposed to merge. Yeah, in the spring. To, yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought they were just going to stick with the name HBO Max because that, to me, in my opinion, that's what sounds more appealing. But they're going to turn it Discovery just, Plus. Yeah, like who the fuck? Discovery Plus? That's that's supposed to bring in young young customers? Like, no, just no. that's going to bring in people your age, Paul. And I, and I subscribe to Discovery Plus, so you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I watch exactly. all the shows. I watch all the crime shows, the racing shows, Deadliest Catch. I like to watch them old farts catch their crabs. So yeah, I you're right. It's not that the young people are going to be like, I don't want to get Discovery. That's wait, wait, wait. Do you have HBO Max? I have that too. Oh, I still get it free. I still I don't pay for HBO Max at the moment, and I obviously am going to have eventually. But because AT and T, I had it free through AT and T, and then when AT and T sold it, I guess they stayed. In, in partnership, but once they merge, my free the free will go away. So whatever I'm paying for Discovery Plus now, that seven ninety nine a month is probably gonna end up being like fucking twenty dollars a month when they yep. and done. And so I'm a little upset about that. You're gonna get rid of HBO Max. Yeah, I can't get rid of Discovery. I'm too old. I lose my yeah, old man card. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, subscription services that I'm curious if you kept or um, gotten rid of, do you still have Screenbox? Yes. I did the 30-day trial. It just charged me last month for the full year. I'm, I'm keeping it. There's a lot of stuff in there. It Screenbox, when it comes to Shudder, Shudder like, feels like a mainstream service where, sh where Screams feels like it's an indie stream. And it's like... When I look at some of the titles in the in that I put on my list on Screenbox, because they read, I don't know, did you notice? Are you sure you did? They modified the apps different now. At least oh, it is for me. They they gave the it a, they totally gave it an amazing. It has an amazing layout now. It almost yes. looks like it almost looks like a Netflix style like yes. uh, layout for me. Yes, and you have two different tabs. You have your list, and then next to it, there's another tab there for your. Uh, you can scroll over for your resume. And, you know, so you can pick up where you left off. Um, I I think Screenbox, I go, I went through it and I watched and looked and puts added stuff to my list just by the box art, you know, the thumbnail. It makes me feel like a video store. Because I know damn well a lot of those movies on Screenbox are probably the cheapest done movies, but they're probably going to be good as hell. I still haven't watched the one you sent me that has the bald guy from The Hills Have Eyes in the cover you you, 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 sent, you sent it to me once and told me you should check this movie out. I can't remember the name of it. He's all, the, the box art or the thumbnail for it, he's all like an ashen man. He's all gray. And I can't, I can't remember the, I can't remember the name of it. But now that. Oh, The Evil Within. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet, but it's on my list. It's, it's great. Like, I'm, 
you know, and I still have that other one on my list. I think the one that you told me about two carpenters and a plumber or whatever it was. Carpenters and a plumber. <laughs> you know what movie I'm talking about? I think it's called Cannibals and Carpet Fitters. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That two one. carpenters and a plumber. That's that's the new porno right there. Yeah. Two. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep Screenbox because. They it doesn't look like they have that screen box and shutter share a lot. There's not no. a lot of stuff that so so it's it's like having the best of both worlds. You know? It is, and that's what I was gonna say too. It, it I love having both of them because they are completely opposite of one another. Um, the way I would describe it is shutter has the originals. They have a more they have better cinematography in their movies. They have better atmosphere, better budget. And when you turn on their movies, it feels like you're watching a movie that you could have went to the theater to see. But Shudder's movies are more slower, methodical, and they're, you know, it's it's a lot more, like, wait, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're good, good storytelling, but it's, it, it, you just got to wait it out. They're, they're slower paced movies, which is okay for the most part. Um, we just, me and Berlia just watched um, one on Shudder called Who Invited Them? And that movie took a whole, like, 40 minutes to really get going. But at the same time, had you not watched that first 40 minutes, you wouldn't have cared about what was happening in the in the later half of the film. So that's what a Shudder original is. Most of it is not much blood and gore and crazy violence. It's a better, it's like good storytelling. Now, Screenbox has a lot of the bargain bin horror movies, and but they also have a lot more hidden gems. But right. a lot of their movies, the cinematography and the production value aren't that good, but they have a lot more creativity and a lot more crazy stuff going on in them. So, yes, both services are completely opposite of one another. And I always tell people who are horror fans, get both. You know, you can yeah, afford I, it. I have a I have a uh, I watched one of the documentaries on uh, Screenbox the other day. It's just a short, like 30 minute one about those guys who are make, trying to make a movie about a killer turtle. I saw that snapper. And it it made me it made me wish that they had actually made the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, if they had made it. I would have liked to have seen it. Yeah, and then me they too. Have that, uh, and then they just added one that uh, you're so cool, Brewster. The behind the scenes stuff documentary on Fright Night. They Screenbox just added that. I just saw that the other day on. There. Yeah, they also have a Hellraiser documentary. But what's funny about that is that used to be on Shutter. Oh, it's been out for years. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Mike. No, nobody but I likes haven't seen you, it, Mike. but I but I haven't seen but I haven't seen it, so it's new to me. Um, but yeah, that now that Hellraiser one, I I saw it somewhere. It, it, maybe it was Shutter because I, I It took me a couple days to watch it because it was almost four fucking hours. It's like that Crystal Lake Memories DVD I bought. It was like, damn, this thing's long, and I don't mind that it's long. I just took time to watch it, but I, it was the story of it was it was good. I was it, I found it interesting. It's just it was very long because it was four hours, but it was just two movies. Yeah, I watched it too. one and two. I watched it back when it was on Shutter because it was separated into two parts on Shutter. I don't know if it still okay. is on Screenbox. But uh, have you watched any of the In Search of Darkness documentaries? Um, yeah, I own those, and I'm, oh. I, I already already pre-ordered part three. Get my slip cover. Yeah, I'm in all the. Oh. Yeah, I, I I I bought all those. They're getting ready to do another one. I saw it on Twitter the other day. They're going to tackle. The early '90s, from '90 to '95, in search of darkness. Oh, just '90 so, to '95. Yeah, the obscure movies before Hollywood really got heavy. So that ought to be interesting. 
But I love those In Search of Darkness documentaries. They are fucking awesome. Yeah, they are. They're and that, like I could I could watch those all day long. And both episode, both the first two episodes, what are they? Six hours a piece or four hours a piece? They're great. Uh, the fir- yeah, they're long. The, the this new one that's coming out. The I get my digital copy. They said in December, and they're going to start sending the physical ones in January. This one's going to be five hours. I hope, and, and what makes me nervous about it is I have yet to hear any announcement if or when it's going to come to Shutter because the first two episodes went to Shutter, and they didn't—they haven't said shit about the third one. So maybe the third one is not going to come to Shutter. I don't know. Well, I hope I hope it does for people who don't buy it because it's—they're awesome. And this third one's going to tackle just direct to video horror movies. Good. So so I'm excited about that one. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. That. These were fantastic. I mean, these documentaries were fantastic. The um the 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 Jason Voorhees one, that one was good, but the 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 Nightmare on Elm Street one, that one was fucking fantastic. Yeah, I bought that one too. Yeah, that one. It was shorter than the it was shorter than the the Friday thirteenth one, but yeah, I did. I did. I, I I never sleep again. I thought it was better than the yeah Crystal Lake memories, great. right? Because that one was based on a book. I don't know if the one. I don't know if the Never Sleep Again was a book, or if it was uh, just put together for the for for DVDs. I don't know, but I know the first one was actually the Friday thirteenth one was a book first, right? So. I didn't hear anything about Never Sleep Again being a book. I mean, I did know that Crystal Lake Memories or whatever it's called. I did hear that that was a book. Am I thinking of a different Friday the 13th documentary? But wasn't one of them hosted by Tom Savini? There was two. There, the one, the Crystal Lake Memories, the one that I have on DVD, was actually narrated by Corey Feldman. But there was one that was done for that that had Tom Savini that did that did host it. So there have been his two. His name was Jason. Yeah, his it's name was tough. Jason was the Tom Savini one. That's so weird to me because what was the year difference between them two? Because I felt like, what was the whole point of making both of them? You know, because the, his name was Jason one. That was a lot shorter. What was that? It was an hour and a half. Right. Yeah. Like Memories was more in depth. But then again, the book was more in depth. And I, I read the book. The book is excellent. But His name was J- Jason. Was from the documentary the same thing? Yeah, yeah. So that was, was you know that was odd to me that because I remember watching both those documentaries like almost within like the same two or three years. Like, and I was like, man, what was the point of making both? His, but, yeah, the longer one. Name was, was yeah, his name was Jason. Was an hour and a half, and it was two thousand and nine. Crystal Lake Memories was six hours and forty minutes, and it was two thousand thirteen. Okay, so yeah, just a couple of years later. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but I, I do. I like these documentaries. I'll probably check out because there's also a documentary on Screenbox about Pet Cemetery. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, I watched it. That was good. I liked yeah. it. it. It it was really in-depth and it, it had all the, it you know, Denise Crosby. It brought even even the little kid. I can't remember his name in real life, but the kid who who played the the child, he was in it. The sister was in it. They brought everybody was, you know. Obviously, Stephen King wasn't interviewed, but the director was. It's it. You, you should watch it. It's really good, and it's pretty in depth for a you know. And it makes you look at if you're not a fan of the movie, watch the documentary. It'll open your eyes and make you appreciate the movie more. Yeah, definitely. I've seen bits and pieces. They have they air it once in a while on Bloody Disgusting TV, and I tune into that channel every so often. So I've seen bits and pieces of it, but it looked good. It looked very interesting. So maybe I'll check it out from the beginning. 
But anyway, Paul, that is all the time we've got for tonight's episode. Is there any tidbit things you want to drop before we uh, before we leave? Anything you want to plug? Uh, no, just uh, this. Uh, I got uh, next week. I got my grandpa's playlist, and uh, you know that's every other week. And then John Rhodes is on in there. Um, I'm doing. I'm going to be doing a. Uh, uh, Joey T. I'm gonna be on the 22nd doing. You're gonna be uh, doing them. You're gonna be. You're gonna be. Doing I'm not gonna be doing them. I mean, I would because he's got that nice flowing hair. But no, I'm gonna. You be should. On um, show. You should fuck the conspiracies out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna be on Mind Jacked, and then I'm doing a special, a George Lucas special that following Saturday on the 26th with uh, Normal Cody. Okay. Awesome. Um, one last question real quick here. Do you look at John Rhodes as your competition and on all this? You want to know, I actually do not. I see him as, uh, I think we complement each other. Um, but I think he actually, I like his show. I, I love his show. I love, I, I plug his show more, I think during my show than I should, but no, I don't consider him competition because it, we do we we approach music from two different two different you know you know we both like metal we both but I do whole albums he does this I do this so I don't feel it, he's competition but I feel that uh I think it's both of us you know flipping the weekends I think we are pushing each other to do better because I've said things that I've done he's like oh you know I should you know next time I'm gonna so you know it's I'm getting ready to add a segment at the end of my show that's gonna be just for John Rhodes, where I'm going to play, uh, it's going to be, do you remember this song, John? And then I'm going to play him a little clip before my show ends. So I don't know. I, I like, I like being on the same. Net. I don't feel anybody. The only person on this show you have to come on this channel. You have to compete with is fucking Poe. Cause he's on everything. I don't know how yeah. he has time to be married. He's always on, uh, you know, doing 50,000 shows on rabbit and red. Right. Right. Um, Real quick here, would would you ever do like a um like a duet episode with John? Like a, an episode, like a what's that called? Like a conjoined, uh, you know what I mean? Where the both yeah, I would shows- yeah, yeah, I would do a special with him where we like film it like we're doing here, but just do the just strip it for the audio. Yeah, I would so do that. Yeah, I think he's yeah, I I I think he does a better job than me, but then you know I don't have a lot of. Uh, what's that fucking word? Self-esteem. I don't have a lot of self-esteem, so you know I right. think he does a better. That's why I said I'm always plugging his show and saying nice things because it's how I really feel. I mean, and let's be honest, probably none of us have as big of a dick as John Rhodes probably has. You know. Well, see, now I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't Mike. tell me. You can't tell me he's John Holmes and then not show it to me. <laughs> Mike, do you have anything to plug before we sign off or anything? I have um, actually some rather sad breaking news that I guess just happened about an hour ago. Um, for fans of physical media, which Cody, I know you don't care about it, but um, um, Paul, you might. Um, Bill Olson of Code Red DVD is dead. The founder of Code Red DVD Man. is dead. That sucks. Uh, maybe he should have stopped uh, creating physical media. It wouldn't have happened to him. Well, um, yeah. I mean, how did he die? Yeah, uh, I don't have a cause of death. I just oh. saw he's dead. 
You probably so, saw yeah. uh, saw your saw your family massacre, maybe. Did he maybe see? Uh, did he have too that many scratches? Him, yes. Too many scratches on his favorite DVDs, maybe. Did it kill him? Give no. him a heart attack. That would kill me. So <laughs> <laughs> he didn't handle the disc right. Got his fingerprints on him. I'm gonna have to say this has probably been one of the most socially unacceptable offensive episodes I've done so far in a, quite a while, and I'm proud of that. Well, you, well, yeah, it, I think it has. The only thing you haven't said anything, you, you, you haven't dropped the N word at all. Don't push me. Don't tempt me. I'm trying real hard not to on this show. I only do that on my other show. Don't tempt me. All right, ladies and gentlemen. On that note, thank you for joining us on tonight's episode. Drop us a like comment please leave us a comment i love to read your comments please just tell me i'm an asshole and, and you hate me if you want to but comment comment share like subscribe you gotta subscribe if you want to hear mike's hot takes on his price of pizza fan films everyone's a hack except for michael J. Blah, blah, blah. anyway paul thank you so much for joining me yet again that's been paul the terrifier wait, wait before before we end would you would you like to see? Because I know you 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 probably haven't seen the other shows on this network. Would you like to see Michael J's hackiest a clip from one of his earliest films? Actually, his earliest film, a a thirty second clip that you can see how bad he really was back in the day. Not on our the, episode. If this is the vampire one, you you should see it. You guys want to put that on our on our three hour episode before we sign off? Do you do you, do you realize how how many um shows I've 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 played this on? Um, I think I think you'll appreciate it. You've already I, changed the background. I, you've already changed the background. We got some no, fruity coming. faggot shit now for the background. So we, go that's, ahead. That's that's the new Sunday show. Go ahead, you hack. Okay. Go ahead and show us what your price of pizza fan film is. Son of a this bitch. isn't a fan film. This was this is my first original film made in the summer of 1988. But it was a fan oh, film God. nonetheless, right? No, it's my original. Yes. It doesn't matter how original. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Go ahead and play it. There we go. The only vampire you could get away from because he had a walker. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I guess I guess that was worth it. That was perfect ending as any. Are you farting out your mouth right now? What the fuck is going on? Is that the way hacks laugh? Yeah, well, there it is. <laughs> All right, get the fuck, get off my fucking, let me sign out, goddammit. You hack. Quit hacking. You're hacking too much when you're laughing. You're just, Michael J's just upset he didn't get a part in the Sawyer Massacre. That's all it was. 
He could have if he had given enough money on Indiegogo. Yeah, and he could have afforded it had he not been pouring money into a dying network that's going to go nowhere. Anyway, I have been Crippled Cody. That was Paul the Terrifier on this episode. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, leave us a comment. Leave us, leave us suggestions. We will talk about movies that you would like us to talk about. Paul, we don't have a problem with that, right? No, no, we do not. Right. So leave us a comment. Give us some suggestions, feedback. Tell me up a piece of shit. Anything you want. Until next time, we'll see you on Crossing the Streams. See you later.